0: Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you say hello. Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast. This is Weldy sitting with Andrew uh, for another rousing episode. I'm sitting here, obviously, in St. Cloud. Uh, We've got our first snowfall of the uh, of the year official measurable snow and i promise i will not bring up the 91 halloween blizzard other than saying that i won't bring it up so i will hold you this will be (laughs) this will be a blizzard free talk um at least i hope so because my uh uh, my kids are very excited to go trick-or-treating that's for sure same here too it was a nippy 76
1: today and sunny in tucson arizona where where i'm
0: at do you have to put on your flannel
1: i i did have to bring a a little sweater i didn't wear it i just brought it because i thought it it could have dropped below 70 but um no this this next couple months this is why i moved down here i pay for it (laughs) in the summertime when it's 110
0: yeah i was gonna say i don't know i don't know if i can go the other way with it so i guess it all equals out yeah um let's uh start out just uh St. Cloud State um let's start out with the women um obviously big um big weekend where they you know truly cement themselves as contenders for the top half of the WCHA they needed six points um and they got six points in kind of two different games I guess I don't know what your assessment's going to be on this but um Friday a whole uh uh, her shutout streak ends about what 45 seconds or so into the into the game um just kind of a rising shot uh just beats her clean upper corner um maybe a little bit of a screen there but it was one that was a little bit of uncharacteristic um and it was just kind of a little bit of a ooh okay uh, that's that's not good I was a little bit worried about the start but after that it was pretty much all huskies Um, we had a a good, good stretch there where, um, the Huskies really dominated play, especially in that second period. Uh, it felt like, um, really they could do no wrong. I think they outshot them like 10 to four, something like that. Just took them a little bit to kind of get their legs. Um, Grace Wolf, uh, her second of the year, um, who I thought had a magnificent weekend. We'll talk about her also on, on Saturday's game as well um Emma Gentry obviously uh did what Emma Gentry does Taylor Lind so the two injuries that um were kind of handcuffing a little bit for the Huskies um you know back now back to full strength them back both on the score sheet um Taylor Linds was on the power play Emma Gentry with the assist and Himmler with the second assist so you got your goal scores going on the on the uh on the score sheet uh, Huskies were able to win three to one at a place that they've actually had a little bit of trouble winning uh, over the last couple of years. So um, scary start, but overall um, they really hunkered down, ended up out shooting them 31 to 14. Um, so it was uh, overall really good, really good. Um, I would say, you know, 58 minutes for the, for the Huskies. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah. As you said, uh, on kit, Uncharacteristic of Ahola, the goal that she gave up. Uncharacteristic because it, it that she gave up a goal, like period. But as you said, the other, no, the, the shutout streak has ended, but a, maybe a new one has started. I mean, she's at a 59 minute shutout streak now,
0: if you put <laughs> yeah, it that way. There you go. Huh. Um, I wonder if it was uh the mchatton curse. Um, I, I think uh the rink live had a nice little write up of her and her start to the season, and then sure enough, a minute in, boom, one behind her. Yep. So I think actually we can bring uh blame mchatton. I on think this
1: that one. is accurate, but yeah, it was as you said, very nice to get Gentry and Lynn back into the action. Lynn returning uh last weekend uh as well, but Gentry, this is the full first action for her in five games. And she looked the part of star player, yeah, um you know that second goal, nice little nice little score, plus decking the the defenders just
0: there. leveling the mad that's, like, that's like the
1: best goal celebration I think I've seen because like I wish that was could be something that you could just do. that's like your coordinated celebration.
0: It, you just it was score, like, and then you go after somebody and deck them. She didn't even go after I know, anyone. But I'm just saying she was just stage skating. So, and it was like it was it was like when Mario picks up the star and is flashing, and then this little Goomba of the Mankato player tries and just bounces right off. That's kind of what it looked like. Uh, gentry picks it up it just beautifully goes five hole um, on the goal and then yeah just levels the player I tweeted out the video of it if you want to go nice. back and check it out at more clappers uh, but uh, it was pretty funny to watch I I've, I probably watched it dozens of times laugh every time
1: yeah and I thought that the Huskies in this game I, I was I, I don't know if you're going to go to the extent of the second game was not as impressive for you as the first game, because you he kind of made it seem like it was two different games. I still thought throughout the weekend, the Huskies were the better team. I know the, the Saturday game was tighter in terms of shots and possession and, yes. and these kind of things. I, I just never really got the. I, I was never quite scared with Mankato. They, they were a, a weird team, I thought. Definitely not a terrible team, but not a necessarily good team either. Their, their goalies were good kept them in the game, several good saves. They, they did a rotation as well. Uh, so one goalie got each game this weekend, Barbro and um, Fauche, And I thought they both made some key saves. The games I think probably should have been a little bit a uh, lot more lopsided in terms of the Huskies favor on the scoreboard. Uh, Cause I do think that they outplayed them to a greater extent than a pair of two goal wins would suggest. Uh, but you know, we're talking about last weekend in the icebreaker. Uh, obviously, a great performance, not giving up any goals, uh, but a, a, a slight concern as far as um, the amount of penalties you're taking. Obviously, the the physicality of this team is is a trademark of Idelski, and but that comes at a cost of, of racking up some penalties. On Friday, they were able to limit that pretty well. I just two penalties taken during the entire game. One of them was very late the last minute or so of the game Uh, Saturday, they got in a little bit more penalty trouble. And I think that maybe contributed to the um, more equal uh, shot advantage and, and chances that Mankato was able to generate. But I thought the Friday game is a a recipe that St. Cloud's going to want to use going forward, especially against the part of the schedule here as, as we're going to preview here in a little bit, starts to really ramp up with Wisconsin next Mm -hmm. weekend but if we can have games where your goalie, goaltenders are solid, I mean, it's it's we're getting to the point where we're kind of getting spoiled by, oh, a hole I gave up one goal. But still, and she wasn't overly tested in this game, but we can expect, we've come to expect a, a stellar performance from the goaltenders uh, and the defense as well. And if we can get the usual suspects to contribute offensively, uh, namely, with Gentry and Lind and Himmlerova, as you mentioned, all sort of factoring in on, on the points on Friday. That seems to be a perfect recipe for this team to compete against the upper echelon. Saturday game again, leaving a little bit to be desired there if we want to move into that because all the offense was generated from the point uh, in in the Saturday game. Um, I thought a great weekend by both Ross and Wolf who were the two goal scorers i thought even if they hadn't scored they would have been sort of my 1a and 1b for the weekend i'm going to give it to ross um because i mentioned her last week as well i know wolf, yeah. wolf scored both ross, games. ross
0: has been kind of a stud
1: i i really I, I think she's the best defenseman they have and that first goal on yeah. saturday was just kind of roofs a shot from the high slot i thought it was really impressive um but Two nothing. It, it was a fairly even game in terms of possession. I think a lot of that was the fact that Saint Cloud got in a little bit of penny, penalty trouble. Chobak. I mean, okay, so Ahola gives up a goal. Like sh- she's, I guess, relegated to the number two status now. That <laughs> Chobak's on a longer shutout streak, uh, two plus games now, um, uh, yeah, dating back to the Gopher game, I suppose. Seven straight sh- scoreless periods out of her. It's not too bad, uh, but she came up big. Um The thing with Mankato, there, too, I, th- I thought that... There was
0: like one or two instances where there was like some flurries that Chobac came up really big. And maybe that's why I'm comparing so much with Friday and Saturday is because Friday, I felt like Mankato had one grade A chance. And I would say even that was a grade B- minus chance that they scored on. That's an uncharacteristic goal that Ahola gave up. After that, I thought the defense plugging the slot, not getting any really good chances given up against Mankato, and we were just frustrating to play against. I felt like some of that defensive structure broke down a little bit on Saturday's game, along with the penalties as well. chovac did come up big a couple of times, but that's why I felt like it was a little more even um, there on, on, on Saturday's game. And
1: it it, it was, I, I just, I was never really threatened by Mankato. They don't, that I they don't really have finisher. I think, I think that's their, that's their kind of down downfall. Their goalie seems to be their goal. Both of the goalies seem to be fine. Um, they did very well in the faceoff circle, um, especially on Saturday. And so I think that was helping them generate some, some possession as well, but they just didn't, I mean, even the odd odd man breaks that they would have, it didn't seem like they were able to materialize into, you know, quality scoring chances. They were quality. I can't
0: remember who had an odd man break on on Saturday's game. I don't remember if it was Farrell maybe. She had I don't a know. couple Somebody I mean, had like Lind had a great
1: was, had a great chance. I thought she that was a great save um, by the by the goaltender to
0: Fauche like yeah. stuck her leg out and I mean that was I I was ready to celebrate a goal at that time. That was going to be a pretty stuff.
1: goal, and it would have been especially yeah. nice seeing it coming from Landup. But even when she we saw this in the Union series, like even she didn't like put up a ton of points that weekend, maybe just an assist or two. But she was all over the ice, and she was sort of generating the best scoring chances and just getting stymied by by goaltenders. Um, if she can kind of work out, you know, just that last little getting the puck in the neck. She's doing everything it needs to be except scoring at this point. Well, she did oh, obviously yeah. score on Friday, but uh, she seems like so close Like you we get a couple of these pop in. She might kind of really pop off here. Uh, and so I'm excited to see if that if that can materialize and Gentry like I said, anytime I, I was almost if we are going to do player of the weekend, I am going to go across, but I was almost compelled to do Gentry Gentry as well because I thought she was the best the most skilled player, the most skilled player on both teams this weekend, just whenever she had the puck, it was very noticeable. She's got a presence about her. I mean, it just merely is the size advantage that she does have, but um, it's really exciting to see her generate, generate scoring chances really kind of out of, out of nothing. Uh, she can out just of nothing. take the yeah. puck in the middle, in the neutral zone and create a, a quality chance coming back just based on her skill and her speed. Um, so it's, that's really nice to see. So I would have, I mean, again, I would have loved to see more than five goals on the weekend combined. Um, and I think you had the opportunities to cash in more often. It's just, uh, lacking some finishing touch right now. And, and that's a little worrisome coming into the heart of the schedule here. But Mm -hmm. as we said, we were going to be disappointed with anything less than six points this weekend. Job, job done, done in that in that realm um
0: and, and and even though we would like to see more goals scored that that 's not really the makeup of this team we've got we've got people who can put the puck in the net, but I mean there will be times when Gentry's going to be held off the score sheet and right. and I think some of the younger people are are starting to pick it up and starting to starting to get there, but at the same time Adolski's going to be a hardworking, physical well positioned structured type of team and that's how you're going to beat um that's how you're going to beat teams so we're not going to beat the flashy wisconsin's that can put up six seven goals a game very often probably not going to be in a
1: position to to play a six to five game against ohio state or minnesota as we saw this past weekend mm-hmm. i don't know if you caught any of those games i thought well, well, both games were great but i thought particularly that saturday high scoring affair uh those, yeah, that, so that was an entertaining game, but it's just like a, a level of a level of skill that I don't think Saint Cloud is quite there. But with this defense and goaltending core, you don't need to score six goals a game to win games. Uh, you, you, the formula, as we said, is is there. It's just again, maybe we're just being spoiled here. But feels like to me, you got to score more than two goals to beat a team like Wisconsin. Uh, and yeah. I don't know if we can. We want to transition to that I gave I gave my pile for Dale Ross. I don't know if you were agreeing uh, using the uh, the sounder there or if you had someone else in mind.
0: Um, I was actually going to go with uh, Grace Wolf. Um, it's kind of between
1: those two, I thought for me.
0: Ross yeah, has just also, been more
1: impressive throughout the, the year. She's like been close to getting a power before. That's why I'm going to, I'm going to give her the Pacino um, and sort of lump it in <laughs> as a, set a lump it in as a season long award. But Wolf <laughs> Wolf was excellent this weekend as well.
0: Yeah. I think just kind of the difference, I think like I think Ross maybe has like a little bit more poise um, out there with the puck. And I think it's a little bit more, more noticeable in the breakout scenarios. Wolf is strong obviously as well um and um I'm gonna give her that uh, player um of of the weekend as uh for me um obviously Gentry did what Gentry does um so she was i have a feeling she's gonna be pow many times here uh, throughout the rest of the year so i'm gonna give it to give it to wolf this time um but I think she definitely deserved it already um you know, with uh, three goals here on the season, only had two all of last year. I think she's really taken another step um, as a junior here. And I'm really excited to see, kind of continue to see her grow. And not only that, but the rest of this uh, defensive core too, um, as they've been able to really uh, stymie some of those uh, players. Um, Wolf and Millwater. Millwater, um, I think we've talked about as well in the past, really that, you know, stay at home type defenseman as well. So I think all of the defenseman pairings really complement each other on this team. So, um, yeah, if you want, we can, uh, transition to Wisconsin, any other women's games. I mean, ob- obviously the big tilt was Ohio state, Minnesota. Um, uh, so that was kind of the, uh, big one. I did keep an eye on, uh, Bemidji and Minnesota Duluth. Yep. On Friday because Bemidji had Minnesota Duluth there on the ropes uh but so like five two minutes late left goals, yeah two late goals by Minnesota Duluth and they were able to sneak out with a 2 to 1 victory
1: i believe that that Thompson that um Bemidji has for in-, in net uh is very good i mean Bemidji's still looking for their first win but they were keeping she was i would say she kind of single-handedly was keeping them in the game against Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago scoreless until the third period and then almost stole this one against Duluth as well. Um, So it's a goalie at least that you got to take seriously there. Uh, And just because of that, Bibbidgee's not going to be as easy an out as a winless record would would suggest. But, uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah, other than, I mean, really no other surprises necessarily, at least in the conference. I mean, I, if we want to get into the Wisconsin preview, uh, I was a little surprised based on their track record, like for instance playing Mankato earlier this year and beating them by a combined score of 15 to nothing, 9 nothing, 6 nothing wins. Uh, I was expecting uh, a more lopsided pair of scores when they played at St. Thomas this past weekend. Would you,
0: would you say, what was the scores again?
1: Uh, one was 9,
0: nine, nine, nine.
1: to nothing and then six to nothing. We don't have a song upside down six. Nine. There we go. Uh, yeah. Nice. And so uh, uh,
0: I'll just loop that backwards. In, in <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'll, I'll just whip it around like that.
1: I like that. But, uh, you know, St. Thomas pa- played Wisconsin pretty tight, um, you know, tie game at three uh, just until about late in the second period on Friday and three, nothing uh win for the Badgers on Saturday. Clearly Wisconsin's the better team. Uh, but I thought those were closer. St. Thomas uh you know is is still in that lower echelon of teams, uh lumped in with the Mankatos and Bemidji's in, in this conference. And just based on you know, the results that Wisconsin's uh netted so far 12 to two against a decent BC team, 16 to 1. We've mentioned that. Slaughtering of Lindenwood to start the year uh in their first series, so playing uh St Thomas a little tight, I think the uh the big key here you were kind of before the before the show just sort of marveling at uh the Badger's stat sheet so far you know I got three players right now already at twenty plus points it's a two point per game average plus uh with Britta curl who's been there forever, she was actually. She's been on three championship teams for Wisconsin. She was actually on their 18-19 season. She got an extra year because she was hurt in the 21-22 season. So she was one of their top scorers back then. And then she's won two more titles, national titles since then. She's leading the team right now with 26 points, points in every single game, four-point game, three different occasions. Again, the competition at the beginning of the year maybe isn't the best, I'd say Boston College is probably the best of those teams that they've played so far, but still, you know, you got other uh, 20 plus point scorers of Kirsten Sims and Lacey Eden as well. The big thing for her, their best player actually is Caroline Harvey at the point. Um, perhaps the Patty Kazmaier fi- um, favorite coming into this season. Here's the key though. I think uh, she's hurt. She got hurt in the first Bemidji game. That would have been not this past weekend, but the week before. And has been out for the past three games. And because it's women's college hockey. I don't have an up-to-date injury report on her. But I almost doubt that she's going to play this weekend. It's it's the big key. If she's out. I think that maybe, maybe explains a bit of the struggles. That, Saint, that uh, Wisconsin had putting away St. Thomas. Because I think their best player was unavailable for that weekend. If she's out uh obviously this team has enough horses to continue to win as we've seen for the last three games but i think saint cloud is a step up in competition from saint thomas and bemidji the two teams that they've played without harvey at the point and so i think that's the big key and without harvey i'm gonna call the huskies are gonna be able to take some points this weekend Uh, i don't think that the uh, uh, badgers will take all six uh again i don't consider that too low of a bar just because I, this Wisconsin team I think is better than the team they had last year, um, which won the national title. Uh, And just looking at those, those results earlier this year, this is the best team that St. Cloud has played by far this year. I think that's even better than, I think they are better than the Gophers. Um, And so it's going to be a big step up, but I like how the St. Cloud uh, team is playing. I think that the, Recipe that we've discussed, I think we saw it work to the extent of keeping the game very close against the Gophers. I would expect something similar. I'm not expecting Mm -hmm. a a high-scoring affair. But I think that the goaltenders can keep them in the game, and if Wisconsin is without their best player, I think that that, again, gives St. Cloud a chance. We saw last year St. Cloud taking Wisconsin to overtime once and then beating them as well. Uh, in Wisconsin in the fill the bowl game so uh, they were able to beat the Badgers last year uh, when they went on to win the national title and um, I think that they are playing well enough that they and and they're they're healthy uh, knock on wood but um, if, if especially if Harvey's not playing they're going to be healthier than the Badgers and they can use that as an advantage as well so I'm as optimistic as I think I've ever been when it comes to a Huskies team playing the cream of the crop uh, of the WCHA. I'm not going to even go ahead and say they're going to win outright one of these games, like in regulation, but I think they're going to at least take them to overtime. If not um, steal one of these games, what, what are, what are you thinking?
0: I mean, we're going from Mankato to playing Wisconsin We're we're, we're going right from double a ball to, to the big leagues here um wisconsin just up and down so much depth um and historically obviously they have been um you know we're we're looking they've already got three players who have more than 10 goals on the season uh britta curl uh kirsten sims and, and lacey eden um britta curl um who is has goals in eight straight games, which is number two and the record books for Wisconsin for straight games with a goal. Um, And so she has a time or she has a chance to get to nine, which would uh, tie uh, the record and then 10 would break the record. So it's up to really the defensive core, Ohola and uh, Chobek, to really stop those. Um, stop the momentum there um uh it's uh megan duggan is the one with the nine um and uh i believe i know hillary knight had eight she's tied with hillary knight and somebody else and i can't remember who it is so but um you know uh names that i think even if you are somewhat of a hockey fan i think hillary knight is kind of somebody that's stood out as she's been like a stalwart for team USA for how long. So um yeah, I mean they follow the game plan and they're 100% follow the game plan that they laid out against Minnesota and 100%. I do think they do have a, a good chance to try to sneak one in here. Um and I, I just it all comes down to uh the Huskies just need to bury their chances. We're gonna get few chances, I think, this weekend, and we got to, we got to bury them when we have those opportunities because we're not gonna be able to win a run and gun situation. Um, you know, they've got one, two, three. Um, obviously, Har- even if Harvey's out, but those three that I talked about, those three forwards, I've talked about all of them over two points a game so far. At the same token, all of them are shooting above twenty percent. That's not sustainable. So they're going to come back down to earth, um, sometime and against two world class goaltenders that we have, um, with uh, a structured defense that Adolski plays. That's what he's going to be preaching, I would imagine, through this weekend. So, yeah, it's um, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a tough contest, but um, I'm excited to actually see what like as a measuring stick where this uh, team is going to, uh, kind of, kind of be um in relation like you said to the cream of the crop i got a taste of that with minnesota and i was very happy with minnesota playing physical playing in their face we got abby murphy off of her game if we do the same with britta um and um uh britta and lacy i think we're gonna have a really good chance um so we'll see we'll see what happens it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot of entertaining hockey though um that's for sure so if you have a do if you do have a chance i mean 10 bucks to go to a game and it's going to be world-class players on the ice so so head on down i'll probably be there on saturday so
1: i'm not sure if it's still the case i know when i always had season tickets for the men's team you could get in for the women's games for free if you were a season ticket holder i'm not sure if that's still the case but perhaps one of our listeners can correct us if I'm if, if that still is the case or not obviously i've been gotten had the season tickets for six seven years now but uh Check it out, even even at full price. It's definitely going to be worth it. Um, similar to the Huskies. And kids,
0: kids are free. There you go. So, I mean, that's why it's really easy for me with a family of five. And I've learned that I could just give Luke just a box of popcorn. and They'll just sit and just chomp on that all day.
1: we got a 3 o'clock game on Friday, 1 o'clock game on Saturday. I mean, if you can swing it, make a doubleheader out of it. Men's team at night, women's team in the, morning, in the afternoon. Um, in the morning for me actually on saturday but uh make a full day out of it get the
0: get the coffee on (laughs) that's right my my, that's correct my wife got uh, a mocha baker from aldi it was like 10 bucks she made me espresso on i can't remember what day it was saturday i think oh man it was so good so i mean that ten dollar little pot and the espresso like that probably is gonna Save me hundreds of dollars in potential Starbucks drinks, you know. So it's excellent. So basically, have the coffee out there, Andrew. I will do that.
1: Uh, yeah. So this should be a, I don't know, interesting weekend. It looks like the Badgers are similar to the Huskies doing a goaltending rotation, a split five games each, five starts each for Ava McNaughton and Jane Gervais. Uh, the team as a whole they've also given a third string goalie some action i'm guessing in that 16 to 1 game as like mop-up duty oh no it was one of the bemidji games she got some uh she got some time she got some third period time in the in the third period of an 8 to 8 to 1 game but combined they've given up 10 goals and they played 10 games so one goal a game uh, that they've averaged giving up again this uh competition that they played isn't necessarily um fantastic Good. but uh you know they really haven't i mean they, they, the two series for conference play have, have been against two of the bottom feeders so if maybe one vulnerability for this team is that they really haven't been tested too much i think bc's okay um and they slaughtered them at least in, in 12-2 game but um i think the huskies are a little bit more seasoned they have some some bigger games under there about the the gopher game. I think you can count the Northeastern game as well, uh, which is just, you know, recently um, it's recent history for this team. So I think the Huskies will certainly not be under, under uh, prepared for this game. Whereas I think Wisconsin, they might be kind of coasting along here. Not thinking that everything's going to go pretty easy for them this year. And maybe the Huskies can, can spring on, on that vulnerability. Let's let's hope to see it. I
0: said I'm and um well, I was just gonna say, um, as we're talking about like gauntlets, um you know you know, for St Cloud starting to ramp up competition, I mean, right now, Wisconsin's going to be kind of right in the thick of it here, starting with St Cloud State, at St Cloud yeah. State, they go to Ohio State, home against Minnesota, Duluth, and then at Minnesota, so that is kind of quite the stretch there of uh think about this league it
1: that gauntlet always 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 arrives sometimes around
0: (laughs) it's at some
1: point in the season you're gonna have to go through it no matter who you are and so yeah well i think it's it's difficult at this time of the year i mean wisconsin is undefeated whereas like ohio state has a loss uh when they lost to colgate earlier um obviously minnesota has a couple of losses now that ohio state beat them twice albeit one in overtime um so I mean, Wisconsin's the got the best record here, but obviously the, the strength of the schedule is a little different. It's really going to be uh, interesting to see how it shakes out with how this the top half of this conference shakes out. <clears throat> how good is Wisconsin? Are they are they still the team to beat? Or I mean, I, I I thought coming into the year that Ohio State was, I still think they were the better team last year, even though Wisconsin was able to beat them in the championship game. So we'll see. I mean, we can only figure that out once they start playing each other. And so, but this is going to be a a, a big test for Wisconsin uh, as well. Obviously for the Huskies. And I'm saying I'm going as far to say they're they're going to get points. Or are you going to go on the record and and call uh, some points gathered this weekend for for St. Cloud?
0: Or are no, you? Oh no. I really want to I really want to um and you make up some good um, makeup no you make some it's just all
1: points. it's all in my head it's all imaginary yeah, I
0: mean you got some good points and also the fact that their shooting percentage on those top three scores are it's so high and it's just it, that that's gonna that's gonna come down um and it's uh it might be a good weekend uh for that to happen but I do expect it to be you know um Kind of closer games, maybe um, uh, f- two nothing, three nothing, maybe even three to one, something along those lines. But I think still Wisconsin will outshoot heavily. But I think um, Saint Clouds to do do a really good job of uh, eliminating some of those uh, grade A chances. But I think they'll, um, I think they'll frustrate Wisconsin a little bit. But in, in the end, I think there's just too much depth and firepower. Wisconsin so I hope I'm wrong um St. Cloud also um in the third period um continues to really lock it down um late in games uh they've outscored their opponents 10 to 1 so far in the season in the third period and that one goal given up was that empty netter against Minnesota so um so uh we'll see I'm, I'm really excited to see what this team can do and and uh, hopefully we can really make our mark on the, on the, on the, you know, really on the national scene with uh, um, with Wisconsin coming to town. Indeed.
1: Let's hope uh, Caroline Harvey doesn't make the trip. And that way St. Cloud can, uh, if she doesn't, if she doesn't play, St. Cloud's going to win a game. They're going to, they're going to at least win. They're going to get at least three points. All right. If she doesn't, I'll go under three, but more than zero.
0: Save the audio Over the point five. Correct. So perfect. Um we can switch over to the men's. Um kind of whip around the league before we get into the St. Cloud State um uh talk. If we don't want to just keep on Wisconsin, I guess. Um, as yeah. they were really the talk after they swept uh at Mariucci, uh swept the gophers and uh just, I mean, I guess you can't really, I, I don't know. I feel the turnaround that Hastings has done in a half a season has been remarkable. I know he did a quarter, have a lot of like people coming of the over. Not even half a season. Quarter, yeah, quarter of the season. Um, I know he had a lot of help, Um, you know, with some transfers and whatnot, but, I mean, even even that just the tempo and just the style they play, it's just way more fun to see Wisconsin play like this. And um, I made a tweet about it that I haven't seen Wisconsin play like this since Ryan print and Heatley were on the same line in the late nineties. You know, even Robbie Earl, I mean, he was still diving all over the place. He can't really even say that about, about those teams, but it's, um, it it was really interesting to, to watch that series and, wisconsin looks legit um i do have to say um and um so um i watched a little bit of that series there was a little bit of uh main quinnipiac that i watched you know these off weekends are great because i was able to kind of flip around um with um all of the streaming services uh that i was able to have saw some augustana play Mm -hmm. um they were the talk also of the nation with a tie to Denver, and then um, a win against Colorado College, who for a while was the only undefeated team that wasn't an Ivy, um, which I wouldn't have pegged at all. So that was kind of an interesting story too. I tweeted this out. It's going to be a weird year for the pairwise. I think it's going to be. I think we're all going to be able. Any team can kind of go back at the end of the year and just pick up one uh one maybe even one or two games that they can flip that would maybe even move them up four or five positions just like i think everything is just kind of crammed in there with a lot of teams there's a lot of depth out there a lot of parody and it's going to make for a really bizarre season i think yeah it's it's uh it
1: has been a, a weird start to this year Feels like we we say it every year in October. Oh, the parody, the parody. Maybe it's overdone at this point, but I mean, it's true. It's uh, you know we'll get into the the bit this week where we're picking the field, the way too early <laughs> predictions of the of the sixteen team field for the men. We're also going to do a, a pick the field for the women's team, of well, the women's tournament as well. Hmm. But uh, at least for the men's side, uh, the women's side was a little easier for me to predict. Um, because I don't think there is as much parity as we've seen on the men's side, uh, not just this year, but in the last, I don't know, several years. Um, and
0: pretty much on the women's side, I was like, okay, I got to make five WCHA teams get in. <laughs> it's kind of how I, was. I had. Yeah. That was my big thing is
1: if, if it's going to be five, five WCHA and just three ECAC or four and four, yep. I ended up going for it. Right. Let's we can get back to that. if We're getting ahead of ourselves. We'll put a pin in it. But, yeah, the Augustana results was probably the biggest shocker. You see who got the game-time goal against Denver there in the last minute. None other than Chase Brand, Chase, Brand, our favorite yeah. extra attacker on the power play in the last minute of the game. <laughs> but And he also had a chance in overtime. He had like a two-on-one golden opportunity. I don't think he got a shot off. So you live and die with the the Chase Brand experience. Uh, but I mean, you'd like to think, oh yeah, Denver just they they just took them lightly. Well, I mean, they got out to a three nothing lead. <laughs> it's not like they sort of were underselling them at the start of the game. But credit to uh, Augustana, they just never they never gave up and were always sort of in it, even after Denver takes which, two
0: goal leads after after they get claw, claw back to three to two, it's four to two, and and then which I I don't get and maybe i should just do more research but like so augustana they they are part of the ccha but not yet are they not an official member not until next year or like i don't know if like the how, if, if there's official i don't get this
1: if there was an official like, term for it i, I would have I, i'm going to go with they're an affiliate friends, member or an associate friends with member. benefits
0: <laughs> like they they're not ready to make that commitment yet so they're just fooling around <laughs> they're technic i mean but I don't know if they're technically an independent.
1: They're only playing 16 games versus CCHA teams. And if you look, if we're going to believe CHN, I'm not sure if we should. But if you look on all <laughs> the all the games they play against CCHA Woden's teams, Woden's listening.
0: So I be don't. careful. Uh, I need I need a Woden's listening. Like we need some kind of uh But if you look on them, they don't have the Lindenwood box score up yet, by the way. So I don't even know if the stats are accurate for the women's games.
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But if you look on all their, their, on their schedule, all the games they play against CCHA teams are still listed as non-conference. Every one of their games is non-conference. I would assume it's because it'd be pretty damn hard to win conference by playing 10 fewer games than everybody else <laughs> does considering if this league though league.
0: That's... <laughs> If there's any league that it could happen it'd be the ccha <laughs> and they're
1: 2-0 against ccha teams so far this year uh so it's
0: but like doesn't chn have the standings don't they have augustana in the ccha well
1: they're not going to be playing in the playoffs in the ccha playoffs we know that They are they are eligible for the NCAA tournament, Uh, whereas where (laughs) to make that more confusing, St. Thomas is eligible for the CCHA tournament, but are not eligible for the NCAA (laughs) tournament. And it's classic NCAA (laughs) stupidity where St. Thomas has to pay a five year ineligible period penalty for jumping two classes from D3 to D1. Whereas Augustana doesn't have to wait because they only jumped from D2 to D1. That makes sense. Uh, let me know how that makes sense because <laughs> I really don't know how that makes sense.
0: Especially because St. Thomas made the jump in all sports. So, it. I don't know. It just doesn't make I, sense.
1: If I'm going to guess, because they, always, they D2 hockey does not exist. Yeah. So... I would assume you're able to move up from D2 to D1 um, because of that. Like you don't, they they consider D2 and D1 hockey to be somewhat one in the same. Uh, Again, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that to clear things up as if that makes sense, (laughs) but because there is a D3 hockey and there is not a D2, I think jumping all the way up. I just think people kind of looked at St. Thomas and, you know, yeah, kind of rich kids that are winning these games by eighty points playing football in D three, just m- move on to D one. But you gotta wait five years until anything counts. I think it is I think it was just some anti elitism, which I'm kind of for. So, <laughs> but yeah, so they're so Augustana, power
0: I, to the working class. <laughs> Suck it, Tommies. So Take I your high tuition, I, and I'm not really parents. sure. Well,
1: and I mean, Augustana, I'm, I'm assuming they're like a, a private religious uh, affiliated school. So I, I don't know how, how well, how far we should go with a working man, blue collar motif with <laughs> Augustana, but um, they, yeah, they're, they're little brother in comparison, I suppose, to St. Thomas. We'll, we'll find out. They get to play each other um, uh, later this, this year is uh, with this CCHA's quasi conference schedule that augustana was granted to play but yeah and then they go into cc and and win that game as well i mean obviously congratulations to uh it's good to see him uh you know he's taken right to head coaching position at the at the d1 level it's gonna be really interesting how this shakes out like i didn't think that it was possible to have like a golden Knights situation in college hockey, where it's like, Oh, team can just pluck all these guys out of the transfer portal and just immediately become competitive because we can point to a lot of other programs that that wasn't the case. I mean, St. Thomas, they had this, they had the uh, transfer portal to their disposal and they translated that into three wins in their first D one season. Uh, Stonehill, uh, doesn't really look like a D a, a d1 team at all uh and they had the ability to use the transfer portal same with like long island uh alaska alaska anchorage actually looks fairly decent too at 500 um but their first year last year coming back from the dead uh certainly was not uh, a successful season up there in terms of wins and losses so I'm not chalking it up to, it's all about the, the transfer portal. And it's not like when even St. Cloud lost brand and Zemer uh, that we thought those were huge losses. I know you were a big Zemer guy. You were much more a Zemer guy a than I was. Yeah. And I'm not going to go so far as to say like, Ooh, chase brand. We really miss him. Um, I mean, I, he was a, he's a fine player. I I think that he's kind of a jag, as you say, kind of a just another yeah. guy. Um, so right. I'm not sure that, I'm gonna go as quickly to, to to express regret over losing him. But you know, just congratulations. I'm I'm still not quite sold on them, but seeing as how bad the CCHA is, what was our, our preseason prediction with the uh KVSC guys? Over eight wins. That seems bad. we might modify that bet to see the, they might have a winning record based on the, <laughs> the schedule they play the rest of the year. So, uh, yeah, that definitely throws a wrench into things and, um, but I, yeah, I'm still not going to say that they're legitimately going to contend for an NCAA birth, but the fact that we have to check that I had to at least check to see if they were eligible for the tournament and all these sort of details, that means that they're playing into relevancy much quicker than I anticipated. And most of us, I would imagine anticipated. So, so yeah, that was, uh. Certainly the I thought the, the biggest surprise of the weekend as well
0: um, and I'm surprised at their average age too, like you said about plucking people from the transfer portal and, and whatnot. Um, Augustana average age of 22 one of the older is, teams. yeah, one of the older teams tied for eighth. Well, and it's oldest. interesting that you brought up Wisconsin because I would have thought
1: with this new with this quick start. It's like, oh, okay. so Hastings decides to bring over some of his veterans from Mankato. And and he's always kind of been a guy that's um, feasted on some older recruits and that, hey, maybe him bringing some older, an older team into the baby, young Big Ten, maybe he's going to expose a sort of advantage. Um, But that's not the case based on the numbers. He's got the second youngest team in the Big Ten, uh, in fact. And I do think they're for real. Um you look at the score sheet too, it's it's he's getting contributions from the Mankato transfer. Celia, Fitzgerald, and Simon Tassy. didn't really do much for him last year points wise. He's off to a much better start this year for the Badgers than he ever did uh in uh Mankato. Uh but their top scorers are all Granado guys. Um it's uh I always love saying this name because I mentioned it last year, Matthew de Saint is their leading score right now. Uh and this Dexheimer from the point is is having a good start for them. And even some recruits of Granados um have contributed some big some key ways for them. Their goaltender is this Kyle McClellan. He's gotten every minute for them. He was the Mercerhurst transfer. The Huskies saw him last year in the, the the close game that they played against the Badgers. Um I'm not sure if Jared Moe is still there, but he hasn't, if he is, he hasn't seen any action yet because McClellan has played excellent for the Badgers so far. Um, And I, yeah, I think that they're for real Um, spoiler alert. I have them in the field in, in, in the NCAA field for our segment coming up. We'll get to see a little bit more about what this team can show based on playing Michigan next weekend, Michigan coming off a, a tough, kind of a grinded out weekend. Um, against Linwood, uh winning a couple of games, a couple of squeakers against the Lions at nine to one and ten to one. So we'll see. Uh, that should be a, a nice early season Big Ten tilt. Um, see if Wisconsin can can keep it up. But but yeah, you I know mean, we we still we, as you mentioned, Maine was able to win a game uh, against Quinnipiac. Uh, New Hampshire's continuing their winning ways early in the season, um, and. God. So in conference in the NCHC, Cornell sweeping Duluth, Duluth kind of looking lust, lustless, lustless, listless. They didn't have any lust or list. Uh, And either way, one goal on the weekend and stymied by a, a pretty potent Cornell defense. And so being swept there, um, but the rest of the results for the conference, I mean, other than the Augustana results, um, Augustana winning the uh, Colorado icebreaker, uh, the unofficial. Winning Colorado the gold icebreaker. pan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then you saw Ohio State tie and beat Omaha. Um, I will say I, I caught a little bit of that. Um, Omaha decided to upgrade in the uh, play-by-play department. And uh, mm-hmm. they're actually not bad. The, the new guy's not bad. I'm going to put them all. I think they're officially out of the cellar in terms of, um, NCHC streams and TV streams.
0: Yeah, um, I agree.
1: Their video was fine. And I thought the play by play guy was, was decent. Um, I think Miami's now at the bottom. I think so. I, I think you're right.
0: But yep. on the ice, Miami looks to be pretty good. At least so That's, far. Uh, yeah. If we want to get into the preview, um, or if you got a couple more, because I did want to kind of bring up uh, Miami since they are on a five game unbeaten streak um, and only one loss on the season. And that uh, happened in overtime. So that was a three goal lead that was... they had in the third period, too, that they coughed up. So, yeah. Um, Ferris Evan State, extra attacker, 20 seconds left, able to tie it up. And then the three on three with. Uh, goal led up with about 30 seconds left to go in the game so clown hockey lost there uh, but it's uh, you know i was thinking miami was going to be a bounce back weekend but um you know they're they've been playing some really good hockey um lately so it's uh i think this miami is actually going to be maybe a little bit tougher of a test that i originally assumed it would be and maybe i'm saying that also because my Pessimism is a little bit higher for the Huskies, um, you know, with our performance so far. And again, who knows if those two games go the other way that went into overtime in that clown hockey. I don't know, but it's um you know, St. Cloud uh the men's team really has a chance to get kind of uh their heads, you know, kind of back on straight. And uh but it's gonna be a little bit of a tougher test here than I originally thought it would be.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's uh, I mean the big shocker for me for Miami is they're able to score some goals. I, I don't yeah. think that the competition has been great. I think Arizona State's decent. Spoiler alert on that one, um, but Ferris Evan State Canisius uh, not great, Bob. Not but, great, um, Bob. Even though like that first Canisius game, Miami was outshot in that game. Uh, and I'll remind you, so that four one and one to start this year, uh, and people are thinking, oh, you know, maybe they're not as bad as we all thought. Last year, uh, their record for six games, 4-1-1. One and one. So, <laughs> And against two of the same teams. They also played Ferris, Effett State, and Canisius to start the year, and they also played Lowell, uh, split out there um, in October as well. And so their best play uh, in the last couple of years, really in the Bergeron era, has been in the non-conference or early season uh stretch of the schedule when they get into the NCHC portion of the, of the slate. uh, That's when things typically kind of go, go downhill for the Red Hawks, but it's a team. I'm again, I I don't put anything above St. Cloud at this point. Like uh, there's really no team that I'm thinking is just, well, we got to chalk that up to two easy wins. Even if they play Stonehill, I'm still thinking, uh, well, th- them, I don't know th- them probably, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> this is Miami though, like I said, they're, they're able to score a little bit more and their goaltender, uh, you know, losing Pearson to North Dakota, um, figuring that was going to be a big, uh, hole for them to fill. But this Logan Neaton, who's, uh, his heir apparent played every minute so far for Miami this year. And he's got a 920 save you know, two and a half goals against, Um, he certainly has been up to the task. Um, So um, a goaltender that I don't believe St. Cloud has seen. Actually, they might've seen them in one of those uh, 11 to one games a couple years ago. Remember those at the herb? It's like Mm. 11 to one, eight, nothing. I think Uh, Heaton or Neaton, I'm sorry. uh, He may have gotten some, some token action. No, he didn't. Cause I remember, I remember Pearson got every single minute that, that weekend. So maybe they have not seen Logan Neaton nope. so far. I just looked, uh, okay.
0: it looks like they haven't. Okay. So
1: you got a new goaltender. And I
0: think actually it's because maybe he was injured or had the flu or something that he something wasn't like available, that. which is why Pearson was hung out to dry and just took it in the chin that weekend. Yeah.
1: And so uh, not,
0: not expecting one
1: of those weekends, um, certainly. Um, but uh, yeah. Yeah. As far as like the scoring that we've mentioned, already got guys like uh, Barbellini off to a good start, ten points in six games. This John Waldron, who one of the KBSC guys like teased us and said he had transferred, but they were incorrect, unfortunately, because he put up the hat trick for him last year in the game against the Huskies at Miami, the five nothing loss they had, <clears throat> and he's off to a good start too, more than a point per game, including a three point game in the first game against Arizona State. A- another game I mentioned know, having a, a lead against Ferris Evan State that they blew, and that's their only loss of the season. I mentioned that the Arizona State the Friday game—that's like a game where Miami was down three goals in the third period, and were able to tie it with a late, last minute goal, and then win in overtime, and then got out a tie in the Saturday game, one to one. That's the only game this year that Miami's failed to get four goals in, and so, um, and other than the the two sort of blips against ferris and and asu they've been limiting the uh the opponents to no more than two goals a game as well so i still don't think this is a great team they'd still be my pick for eighth in the conference based on um winning games in october against ferris and canisius uh, aren't as impressive as facing you know the traditional powers of this conference but um I'm not even sure if I'd still pick them to be a double digit win team this year, but I just based on how St. Cloud's playing, I'm not putting anything uh, above them at this point. And I I'm just more, I'm more wanting St. Cloud to impress me in two games, two nights a weekend. They haven't really put together a full weekend like that so far is the extra week. I mean, is that to their advantage or or not? It's the rest or rust question. Um, and Miami seems to be riding as high as Miami has flown uh, to extend the metaphor uh, in, in the so far disappointing Chris Bergeron era, but we'll see if, if, if St. Cloud can come out and sort of assert uh, that they are the better team here. Um, I'm just not sure about that. At this point, I almost kind of expect Miami to win one of these games. It's just, that's where I'm at with this, this Huskies team. I, I do. Tell me. I mean, maybe I have I have the more optimism with the, the Huskies women's team. Do you have more optimism when it comes to the men's team? Do you think that they're going to uh, take care of business here and sweep?
0: I I do think so. I think okay. I think this is kind of uh, I think the bye weekend kind of came at the right time, and I think this is the the chance to really kind of get things straightened out and on the right track and kind of have that bounce back. I I was kind of thinking though positive for this team one of the biggest strengths is their defensive core mm-hmm. and i was just thinking like did we underrate spencer meyer I was
1: like thinking about for it. how
0: for how much he did for the team on what i could only imagine was 80 percent for most of the year and he was and 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 maybe i i just had a jaded view about this defensive core I know I just said I think we're going to split, and now I'm just kind of thinking about how our defensive core is not as good as I thought they were. But, man, I mean, with him out of the lineup for these first couple of games and the defense being kind of one of the biggest letdowns, I mean, he must have done way more heavy lifting than I gave him credit for. Um, so I just, I just thought about that. I wanted to kind of kick it to you for, like, am as what? common man would say am i on something or am i on to something
1: i think you're onto something i i think that i think there's some that maybe roll their eyes at the intangibles i'm talking about those but i do think him being captain and being a fifth year player i think especially um and fit you know anhorn has been around i mean he's a senior um but he hasn't been around the program for so long and then you get to Meyer being a local local kid as well. I think there was a natural sort of leadership quality in him that is, it doesn't come around. You're not going to be fortunate to have one of those guys, um, even in like a, a four year window of a a player's eligibility. So we might've been spoiled by the fact that he might've been able to lead the team in ways that we don't see on the ice. Even when he was like injured last year, 80% 80% might might be even high. I, I think he might yeah. have been even more injured than that. He was certainly playing injured towards the end of the season, and he had missed about a month in November ish or so. I he might have been like sixty, seventy percent healthy at the end there. And he but I think that players are able to sense that and sense it that. They resonate with yeah, that, yeah. And that can sort of jump start a team more than any sort of on ice production can or, you know, play hockey play uh, can do And So, but those things are impossible to quantify Mm. and there's really no wrong answer. It's unfalsifiable. So I I understand how that might be
0: correlation or causation, right? That might
1: not be the most satisfying answer for trying to um, figure out the, the issues of this team, but, we can only find out those results, how how they're playing and just kind of the mojo you get. That was the thing about the Saturday Alaska game, is that I just felt that this was kind of a leaderless team. Like there wasn't anyone stepping up. You don't need to be a you don't need to wear a letter to be a, a leader or to provide some sort of emotional injection to the team. And that's not something that only comes from your captains that can come from a freshman playing his first game sometimes like, but there's just no one seemingly that's stepped up yet and provided that. I think that it can come and, um, we're only going to figure that out the more games that we see with this group. I actually kind of disagree. I almost think they would have been better off playing this past weekend, sort of just wash the Alaska game as quickly as possible. Um, if it oh. would have been flipped results, like if they would have had oh. a good game on, for, on Saturday, maybe, but uh, again, that's another you unfalsifiable sit, one. You
0: sit in that bye week and you think about what you've done. All right. So we're, we're going, <laughs>
1: we're going, uh, sprint, you know, we're just, uh, we're, we're doing boards back and forth. We call them Raider makers. I don't know what you call them. Like you just skate to the blue line, skate back, skate to the red line, back far blue line. is just a, a sort of punishment. Mm. Um, and so, uh, whatever that, yeah, I, I, I don't see that really out of, out of Larson. I
0: don't see him I don't
1: playing the, uh, the, the red-ass coach. Um, but uh, whatever the case may be, however they're best motivated, I hope that it happened over this last weekend. Um, and again, as I mentioned last last show, I don't expect there to be any sort of goalie carousel even though I might prefer that at this point, are you expecting bassy to be starting both these games, at least on Friday? I, yeah, think, I, think, I think I'd be surprised if starting. he's not
0: playing on Friday. Yeah. I think he's starting on Friday. So, um, yeah, I, I do think we're going to sweep. I do think we're going to kind of get our head on straight and, and, and start playing kind of the way we normally do. Um, This team, or I feel like historically, St. Cloud has done the best kind of win people look past them or you know we're not really the talk of of the league or you know we're kind of just kind of a snake in the grass type
1: they've Uh, done a very good
0: job getting to that level so far this year we're 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 right down there so um yeah let's uh let's switch over to our pairwise prediction um do you want to go with uh uh, our, I can't believe. By the way, this is all your idea. I am a firm believer of not even looking to the pairwise. Oh, well, I didn't until
1: look to January. Pairwise. This isn't a pairwise prediction. This is predicting the sixteen-team field, <laughs> I, I, which is
0: different. I,
1: which, I, but I, I kind of wanted to synonymous. do it. Anonymous,
0: I think they're synonymous at the same thing. I'm sorry. I know. Well, we ha- we, have we, all all auto, we have to pick some auto. We have to bid some auto. Almighty pairwise. Yeah, we all pay the almighty pairwise, and now. We've sucked the fun out of everything about the whole season is because all it matters is what one game does to the pairwise or the pairwise really only means one thing on one day at one specific time in the, in the... But anyway, well I like slushes. it
1: because when we do it in, in January, we will have at that point the benefit of looking at a not clownish pairwise, <laughs> which will dictate a lot of our predictions here you can't look at the pairwise can't like holy cross is what at seven like you you just can't and miami's at like four you can't look at the pairwise chn they were talking (laughs) about this on their on their latest podcast and they're like did they actually talk about it yeah they're like people shouldn't people shouldn't look at it you need to not have it available on your website until like at least thanksgiving nothing before that you should ne- no one should ever bring up the pairwise pre november ever under any circumstances
0: cuz McMahon tweeted it out the bracketology like oh, you as should be. trolling yeah I, as trolling like and i get that um but I didn't know, like, I didn't even know it was calculable until everybody at least plays some everybody else. Well, that's which, the thing. I like, think
1: it's, it's still, I mean, obviously, this is way too early, as it always is. I would have wished, if we're going to do this next year, let's do the first one, like, the second week in November. Because the one struggle here is, we only have one, or at most, two games from Ivy's. Some, I don't even, well, Harvard played one game. There Brown played be, one. Uh, Princeton has not played a single game yet, so yep. at least get cross two, them like, off
0: the list. Two then. weekends
1: of IVs, meaning two games. Even at mid, you know, like the tenth of November, that's still going to be way too early to look at pairwise. But if we're going to do this next year, let's move it. Actually, it just, it just works whenever St. Cloud has the off weekend. They're going to have an off weekend somewhat early <laughs> in the season. So I guess we'll just plug so, that in to whenever their first we'll just... bye week for St. Cloud is. Because we really – this is more fun than anything. But like I said, it's it's interesting <laughs> to have to take gambles this early and not rely on the pairwise because you can't at this
0: point. And we don't really have the vaunted uh... CHN pairwise probability matrix. <laughs> We don't have the probability matrix. To A to rare cool of pre,
1: <laughs> pre-Christmas uh, playing of that sound effect. We usually <laughs> don't whip that one out until like early March. So consider
0: yourself lucky. <laughs> Everybody get excited, get hype. That's right. Anyway, all right. Where do you want to start? You want to start women or men?
1: Let's start. I said I think we should were, start women. I said I thought they were a little easier for me. I mean, it is okay. a smaller field. It's just eleven teams.
0: It's just um, eleven teams, and I mean, let's just—I'll just say it. Like three of the conferences are only getting one team in. That's correct. Right? I mean, it, we got the CHA, the
1: New ha- CHA, and Newha are definitely getting one team in. Hockey East has some contenders. I, it it has been a one one bid league in the last few years, and I would expect it to be the same this year. Um. But there's a chance if there's gonna be any of those three conferences, Hockey East has the best chance of getting a second team in. But I just have one team each from each of those leagues. These are the fun ones because again, <laughs> we're just
0: throwing darts here. Um throwing darts. All right. Well, my darts are incredibly predictable, um, considering uh last year as well. So I'm I guess I'm gonna be a little bit more boring and not fun. Um so the new ha. new Mm-hmm. I got Long Island again.
1: Yeah, they were the team to come out of it last year, um, and I was kind of, that was my first hunch to go with them. I'm going to be a little bit different and go with St. El- Anselm, who is off to an undefeated start in conference. And in terms of just the results, like Long Island has played four non-conference games and haven't scored a goal in any of them. St. An- Anselm has put up a bit more of a fight in the non-conference, at least with tighter scores. And I think there was a common opponent in there with, with uh Sa- sacred heart that St. An- Anselm was able to handle a little bit more than long Island. So I'm, and I was like the new, the new blood uh, here, new blood. I Hallelujah. almost went with Franklin Pierce. I think that's our kind <laughs> of our adopted team in that league. But, um, and we're big Avery Farrell fans. And she, that's really because
0: I was thinking came. about going also sacred heart. But even for well, the right?
1: Bit, um, well, I know that's I your like that's Avery. your that's the team of your heart. Uh,
0: and yeah, the men of my, for, for Atlanta. My sacred heart. My soccer. Um, <laughs> CHN or CHN. Jesus. C H A. Who you got?
1: This is another sort of dart
0: throwing One experiment. Yep. Uh,
1: Penn State was the team last year to make it out of this league. Just so I can hope that St. Clouds Pairwise is going to be improved, I'm going to go with Mercyhurst <laughs> Mercy out of this And I'm trying um, to find too. Like I thought, here you you take your go ahead tap dance for a little bit. Who do you got? And I'm going to do some research really on on the fly here, real quick. Who do okay. you got?
0: Um, well, I'm going to be boring. Um, and then go with uh, Penn State. Um, they were able to beat Northeastern, um, with that uh, two to one at Northeastern. Uh, that nine conference win. Um, you know able to put up uh, put up two goals uh, there past um, past that uh, northeastern defense it, is, uh, it, it is, a, is a task um they two other tournament teams I guess a little bit of a spoiler Colgate Cornell they played at Colgate at Cornell lost all four of them um, but they were fairly tightly contested um, uh, six to two. And three to two against Colgate, and then four to one, five to two against Cornell. Um, So um, that's kind of where I'm at with Penn State. So I've got them kind of getting back to the tournament. They're going to be a one and done in the tournament, um, but I do have them um, making it out of the CHA. Yeah, I was going to because I thought for a while.
1: I just checked their their playoff format for their conference tournament, and it is home or higher seed it's a campus site format um, for the postseason tournament i thought for a while that the the cha tournament was in erie where mercyhurst is i thought they were hosting it for a while that's probably not the case anymore they've moved away from that format and going to higher seed so i was going to say if like mercyhurst hosts the cha tournament it's kind of like for years rit would host the atlantic tournament or rochester would I thought gave them a bit of an advantage hometown crowd, but they are playing uh campus site. So I guess that ne- negates that talking point. I'm still going to stick with the Lakers. So I'll, I'll go with Mercyhurst, oh, even great. though Penn state is probably the better pick, but I'll be, I'll be different and go with Mercyhurst.
0: Boom. There we go. Well, um, are we going to have a different pick uh, for hockey East?
1: I think there are some other contenders. I think BC, uh, has got off to a, a decent start in league. Vermont also has had some decent uh, success, but I'm going to stick with Northeastern, even though they didn't blow me away when they played St. Cloud, but I think that goaltender for them is still going to keep them in at pretty much every game, at least in the league part of their schedule. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Northeastern.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, those, uh, uh, of uh, frozen Four finalists. Um, or uh, what well, they made it to the semifinals, right? Frozen so, four semifinalist. I think so that's the it, term.
1: They lost their first game, the
0: frozen four. They
1: lost uh, yep. Ohio state.
0: So that's, uh, so that's, uh, I, I think they're kind of the team to beat. I'm not as sold on BC as you are.
1: It's not like I'm um, sold on them. I just, I think that they're you're
0: pretty sold on them.
1: <laughs> I'm more sold on Northeastern as I've just, uh, <laughs> Of stated so yeah. i just think that they could be they could be a contender yeah and i don't yeah. think northeastern's necessarily yeah. like a team that's going to run away i just don't think their offense they're not a, they're going to be, be a team that's going to rely on two to one three to two type games to win their games and as such other teams are going to be able to beat them more often because they, they're not going to be able to put teams away as, as easily so yeah. so there's my logic on that there's my logic as yep. we fiercely disagree while taking the same team. Fiercely.
0: Team. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, I, you know, like you said, BC, but also, you know, Vermont, and I know you talked about them a little bit, but yeah, Vermont could be another one that kind of sneaks in. They've got the um, oh, what's her name from the Czech Republic um, who's averaging over a point a game. Uh, Natalie Milnkova. Um, but she had, uh, I mean, she's just got the goal scorers touch. I mean, she had 23 goals last year, 23 goals in 36 games. Um, so it's, so that's someone had a hat trick against New Hampshire. So that's, um, you know, that might be one to watch as well, but I think Northeastern's defense is just too stalwart goalie, too good. Um, and then you're going to go to the good conferences, uh, WCHA and ECAC. So uh, I suppose, um, and and that's where kind of you break down really the rest of the, the eleven. I mean, you have got three auto bids at the other conference, and I think the pairwise is going to be stacked here with the other side, um, with the WCHA and the ECAC. Uh, where do you want to go, ECAC? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's leave the
1: WCHA for the last.
0: So I guess the big question, uh, do you have three or four teams? I've got four
1: in each of these two leagues. Okay. Um, for me, Colgate and Clarkson are locks for the ECAC. Uh, figuring out the other two, though, uh, was a bit of a challenge. I ended up going Yale and Cornell as my other two, with Quinnipiac right in there. Winnipeg made the tournament last year. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, St. Lawrence is in the mix this year. I think RPI, surprisingly, is in the mix. I think they're still a long shot, but um, considering their recent track record, kind of amazing that they're even in this conversation. Yale has been excellent the last couple of years, been a seeded team, hosted a regional Uh, Colgate as well. Clarkson's got national titles in the last multiple in the last decade. Both off to excellent starts. We saw Colgate play Ohio State great to start the year. Clarkson hasn't lost yet. I don't believe Cornell has lost either. Yale just got started because they're special. Cornell too, I suppose. They're they're the special sort of Ivy uh, schools. But uh, it's a very strong league um, and you know, we just gave you a half the conference basically that's got a fighter's chance so those are the four that i'm going with
0: uh tell me that you've got brown i do not have brown and i yep. really wanted to find a way to sneak them in um so okay who were your four again colgate clarkson yale and cornell okay gotcha um yeah when i was um teetering between five teams in the WCHA or four. Um, I ended up with five. So I've got three from the ECAC. And like you said, finding really? that, that one to drop. Um, yeah. Now, tough? now I'm curious. So the ones that I have in there right now are Clarkson, Colgate, and Cornell, the three C's. Okay. I, I don't know about Yale. I think Yale is just going to be just on the outskirts looking in. And maybe that's not fair. I mean, they've only played four games. And, like, you look at RPI or Union, they've played 12 already. So it's it's kind of tough to gauge what we have with Yale. Um, But um, seeing what Colgate and uh, Cornell are able to do, along with Clarkson, uh, I think – I just think basically Minnesota Duluth and St. Cloud are going to sneak ahead of Yale. Then I think Yale is going to be the odd one out. Um, I did also look at St. Lawrence too. um, And finding them away, I just couldn't put them above Yale quite yet. And that could very well change in the next couple of weeks um, as we see more of Yale. Uh, But St. Lawrence is obviously going to be in the mix as well, but yeah, so I have five WCHED. Maybe that's West Coast bias and all, but um that's uh so I've got three. I've got Cornell, Colgate, and Clarkson the three three C's coming out of the ECAC.
1: Yeah, so I guess that leaves a bit of the drama out of the WCHA uh For aspect me it does. of things. You.
0: Right. You. Who, yeah. So, I'm I'm so um I will say that Ohio State, Wisconsin, they're they're going to be on both of our lists, right? Ohio for State, Wisconsin? Wisconsin? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Minnesota was
1: also a lock big, for me.
0: Okay. I was going to say big curveball if you were going to drop big. Minnesota. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. So, drumroll. Um uh Minnesota Duluth or Saint Cloud um in the tournament. I've got them both in. Who who do you have as uh, the one making the tournament?
1: So out of the WCHA, I have Minnesota Duluth being the last team out.
0: Oh,
1: and I got the Saint Cloud State Huskies slotted in into the field of eleven. Go Huskies! Woo!
0: And there was much rejoicing. All right, there we go. I thought you would like that. That, that was uh, that 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 was, that was a good twist. Um I think yeah, I mean those games against Minnesota Duluth are gonna be so huge. Um mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to it. And um I like where St. Cloud's trending and I think just the strength of the WCHA and going up against the non conference opponents and how the pairwise is structured, I think that's why they're gonna get five in. They're gonna be able to get it. Um, I don't think the one loss against Mercyhurst is going to hurt them too much. So, um,
1: especially since Mercyhurst come is coming out of the CHA uh, into the tournament, so that's gonna, <laughs> well, that's exactly. going to help. Plus, that exactly. that win this weekend against Wisconsin is going to really look good towards the end of the year. That pairwise yep. discussion. So, exactly. But that's as you, like you got five teams in, that's not impossible. Um, mm-hmm. it would just be improbable because of how strong ECAC is, but. I believe yes. it was two years ago where ECAC got five teams in. And so that was when the New Ha did not have an auto bid. So I believe that throws a wrench into things. With the New Ha getting a bid, that likely is going to kick out one of a good team, either in the ECAC or the WCHA. And you can argue whether or not you think the New Ha should get an auto bid. I mean, we saw Long Island get, get in there last year and lose 9 nothing. Uh, what was that score? 9? 9 nothing
0: to to
1: Wisconsin. Uh -uh. So perhaps with the second auto bid, five teams in a conference is going to be too difficult, but we shall see. Um, It's going to be very interesting to see how it shakes out. Because I still think the ECAC has got a good team that's going to be left out. Whether or not they're getting four teams, or in your case, if they're only getting three teams in, even at four teams, I think there's... That's a conference that at least six of the teams are competitive. So, yeah. it's, uh, whereas the WCHA, I think you got five teams that are competitive out of the eight. You got a bigger league with the ECAC. And I was kind of just doing some farting around here. But I got to give it to the ECAC Women's Conference because they're the first and only conference, to my knowledge, that said, you know what, screw shootouts. Because I looked at their standings um, and they got this weird thing where they got half points in the standings. I'm like, what? Uh, you, explain yourself. Uh, and the explanation is, is that NCAA mandated three on three overtime uh, for the 2021 season. And you see, so they mandated a 3 on 3 and then they they kind of gave the option for shootouts to each individual conference. When so the ECAC did the shootouts for the first year like everybody else did. And then after that year their coaches got together and voted 12 to nothing according to the press release that I saw to say, you know what well, we don't want to do shootouts anymore. And what we're just going to do is you get 3 points for a regulation win, you get 2 points for an overtime win, 1 point for an overtime loss. Or if it's a tie, if there's after the five minute three on three clown hockey ends, then you get one and a half points. <laughs> one and a half points. <laughs> for a tie. Whoa, Which makes that's out the of most the box. it makes the most sense math wise. But I just I give them props for saying let's not even let's not even entertain this. I mean, the the three on three is dumb enough as it is. Let's certainly not entertain the idea. Cause I saw people saying like, um, St. Thomas swept Lindenwood last weekend because mm-hmm. they won they they won a shootout win. Um and like Augustana beat Denver because they beat him in the shootout, a non-conference shootout, which means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um shootouts do more bad than good, trust me. And so I give it, I give my major props to ECC. The women's side, because the men's team is, or the men's side is still uh, putting their head in the sand and is going along with the, the ruse that is shootouts. But the women's uh, league at least said, uh, uh, uh. we're going to even go as far as put half points in our conference standings just to avoid the stupidity of shootouts. So major props to them.
0: I can't remember where I saw the tweet and I can't remember what level of hockey if it was college or if it was in the pro, but the shootout went like 19 rounds jeez, and nobody scored.
1: I mean, I'm assuming that was the reason that ECAC gave it up is because there's a lack of scoring in them. I would imagine if they were just scoring gobs and gobs of goals that they wouldn't have voted them off the Island, so to speak. But, yeah, we saw it last year with the the. Speaking of the Miami home series, that's what the the men's team last year with Miami had that what ten rounder where nobody scored. Yeah. So yeah, those those shootouts, even the best shootouts, I I'm, I think that's kind of an oxymoron, best shootout, but even
0: those can be sort of yeah. I, I think barely barely boring. I props, am props. Props to ECAC that I like that, I like that one and a half points.
1: I feel like we could do something about the half point. Maybe make maybe make it like a four, four, three, two, one point spread instead. Like four points nope, for regulation. Go win. with half.
0: I, nope, something we'll about start. the half
1: points just seems half dumb points, to me.
0: One to half. Uh,
1: when I, it's like five years from now, we're going to look at a standings and be like, "There's three quarters of a point for Princeton." I,
0: will, I don't know. My idea all the time has been like I don't know why. Every game has to be always worth a set number of points in conference play and just have three points for a win, one point for a tie, and then that's it. But that's but you're always... not making
1: any distinguish distinguishing point between regulation and overtime win? Because that's what people say guess... that the problem with the NHL is, is that there's... Oh, I
0: mean, there's a lot of problems with the NHL. Well, there's two points for but, a,
1: a regulation win, but then if you go to overtime, a third point is is
0: created. I mean, sure, if you want to do it that way, then yeah, then you could do two points for an overtime win and one point for an overtime loss. But I, I still think if you lose and three
1: points lose. for a regulation win, so you're three you're for in favor of the current setup.
0: Yeah, but but just like end as a tie, so that well, it's yes. like yeah. So so if it's a tie, then it just goes back to every oh, each team's one point. You're saying don't even play overtime. No, play overtime. That's fine if you want. But I would ideally, I would actually like to go back to five on five overtime, right. and then yeah, three points for an overtime win, one point for a tie, and then you get nothing if you lose in overtime.
1: Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah
0: i that's I what, on board ideally, that. if I was commissioner, I thought you're gonna it.
1: go one step f- further and say just after the sixty minutes if it's tied, let's just go home. That's what they used to do in the in the n h l up until like eighty four I think was the first year they did regular season overtime, which I only learned a couple of years ago. I was surprised by that. I saw so like up until then, just you've played sixty minutes and it was tied, you just ended. there was no five minute overtime at all until the playoffs so.
0: Anyway, uh, men flip on over who, who, you, who you got, where do you want to, what conference you want to go? Well,
1: let's start with the auto bid only leagues. Pluralize that. Ooh, you have multiple. Do you think the CCHA is getting more than one team in?
0: No. Okay. No. Maybe Augustana, (laughs) but they're not a CCHA team. Yeah, I'll put asterisks in there. I suppose. I guess you can have an independent category or independent flirting category. Because I do friends with benefits league. I do have an independent so, category oh, on here. I do not.
1: Who's so. your Atlantic team? It's always my favorite. Are you sticking with Sa- 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 Sacred
0: Heart?
1: Yep, Sacred Heart. <laughs> <laughs> I my initial so. guess was just to stick with Niagara, but I see they're off to a bad start. So. Um, the- and you know, Holy, C- Holy cross is purple, uh, Eagles. Oh, uh, totally Holy cross had a decent start to its year, but then I believe they just got swept to RIT. I'm taking RIT. Uh, that's mm-hmm. my team. Um, who have really kind of been the, uh, regular season juggernaut. If you could call such a team in that league, a juggernaut. Um, but, oh, yeah. uh, they have sort of I mean,
0: they split with my almighty sacred heart. So split with sacred heart.
1: But then, yeah, swept uh, Holy Cross in Holy Cross and then had a win against Notre Dame. I, I don't think Notre Dame's great, but you know, no, I think good, good win for an uh, Atlantic team over a Big Ten team. And they had a good year last year. This couldn't uh, couldn't put together a playoff. So I'll I'll uh, throw the dartboard uh, and I'll hit RIT with my dart, on the Atlantic hockey dartboard.
0: All right. Perfect. Uh, CCHA. I think this was
1: one of the more difficult ones because. I don't think there's any. A good team. Team that. Like. I I wouldn't be surprised if any team. Made it. Like Lake State. Sure. Ferris. Why not? We know that. We know that St. Thomas will not make the tournament. so that. Mm -hmm. That makes it a little easier. It knocks out one team. So we're down to seven. I actually considered Michigan Tech sticking with them even though they finished
0: uh October oh, winless. Yeah, I I didn't. I switched horses on that one. And I so was a big s- Michigan Tech. So you're saying yeah. you are continuing to stick with Michigan Tech. Incorrect. Nope, I am jumping off ship. I still I am consider not going them. Down. Because that dido, I'm not going down with that ship. Keep in mind Sorry. that sort
1: of the wild card for them is they get Austin Swankler, the, the boss or the uh, Bowling Green transfer uh, for the second half. And he was like co-league MVP to start the season when he was still with Bowling Green. But so, I mean, that's like. That, that could be a big difference for them, especially because they're really not scoring. I mean, their mm-hmm. goalie hasn't been like elite to the level he has been in the past, but he's been fine. For the most part, it's been their scoring. I don't believe they scored more than two goals in the game so far. I still don't, I mean, again, with this league, it's wide open. Really is no team that would surprise me that comes out of this league. So, but I did not take Michigan Tech. I ended up taking the team with one win, uh, and that was Northern Michigan who again sort of had the other they were picked to be second in the conference and they've underwhelmed to start the year but they at least have one win um and they've shown a a decent scoring touch even in their losses at least the Duluth series they did again you show me you you say that Bemidji or uh you know Bowling Green probably not them but I mean really any other team in this league I, I wouldn't really scoff at it. Cause I just, there was no team that really has been emerging as even in Mankato. Like I, they've, been, they've looked okay. At times they've looked not great at times. Um, there was really no team that's emerging as a, as a clear favorite. So I'm dying yeah, I to was, know who you got.
0: I was raving about the penalty kill for Mankato and then what, North Dakota who scored one power play goal so far this season ends up putting 3 <laughs> on the board against me so I was like, "Oh, well, there goes that take." Um there are 3 or no, uh 2 teams in the CCHA right now that are um at 500 or better. I mean by that I mean only at 500 if we're not counting Augustana since we can't cuz they're in the friends with benefits category. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Lake Superior State. I'm going with the Lakers. <laughs> let's let's do it. So uh I do okay. not have any real reason to pick them. Well, they went up to uh um, the North Country
1: um oh. and, and had a good weekend up there, beating Clarkson and St. Lawrence, one of those in overtime, but did a lot better than Michigan Tech did who played the same teams this past weekend. So, yeah, they got a loss against uh, Alaska Anchorage at home. That's not a very good one. But as I said, Atlanta- Anchorage doesn't look god-awful this year. Yeah. And then a couple of losses to Michigan State, uh, who looks decent as well. So, they're, I, they're again, a little.
0: They got a couple of top-heavy um, with uh, Jared Westcott and Connor Milburn as goal scorers. After that, it drops off. But... um. That's uh that's who I'm gonna ride the rest of the year, CCHA. I think they're gonna they're gonna take the crown. Okay. It's gonna go to uh, Where where do they even play again? Sault St. Marie? They're in the UP. S- Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, that's right. So uh alright, where do you wanna go next?
1: Um, how about we go out east, then we'll finish in the west. So
0: finish ecac ecac first all right i've got clarkson cornell and colgate oh i'm sorry no that was the way i was gonna say (laughs) really going chaos (laughs) um i got uh quinnipiac uh harvard and cornell as my three um harvard i'm probably actually jumping the gun on harvard by like two years um i think they're doing a really good job recruiting um, but I haven't seen a lot of them, obviously, um, uh, being an Ivy and all, but, uh, I'm kind of buying in some of the, maybe some of the Kool Aid of the, the Crimson. Uh, but, um, Quinnipiac, I, I think just all around is solid. Um, Cornell, again, I haven't seen a lot of them, but, um, what I did see with them against Minnesota Duluth and, uh, what they were able to do, um, I think uh, I think that's gonna be a a tough out when it comes to tournament time, so Cornell has always been really stingy defensively um so
1: yeah, this was it I was between taking those three or just going with two. I ended up dropping Harvard that's fair, which is I mean, I think they're very talented, as you said. I just—they've only played one game so far, and that was a tie against Dartmouth. And Dartmouth last year was, I believe, the the last place team in pairwise. Um, you know, obviously it's early, and fluky results can happen. But that not, not was not necessarily the best start to their season. They have a very tough non-conference slate. Uh, Harvard does part of the reason that I'm not picking them here and they are a young team a, a very talented young team and i as i was mentioning about wisconsin i
0: that's think that's the game harvard and dartmouth 18 round shootout harvard won one nothing in the oh shootout boy. 18 rounds <laughs> at least that oh one counted Never for mind. something
1: i i was <laughs> thought if you're going to say it was one of those non conference Uh, shootouts that mean nothing then it's like what do we i would almost hope that a a player got injured during that so then teams would be like why are we doing this yeah their pride (laughs) but i guess they really they went 18 rounds to get that extra conference point they would have been avoided that, and just got an. Everyone, both teams have just gotten a, a, another half point. Wouldn't that have been better than embarrassing <laughs> that, yourself over yeah. eighteen rounds? Over eighteen rounds. Does it Jack. say? Is this correct here on CHN Bar. where they win the shootout one nothing in eighteen rounds? So that means yeah. that they went seventeen rounds with no goals.
0: Seventeen rounds with no goals.
1: <laughs> that is. I'm glad I know that. I did not know that coming into my rationale of dropping them from the tournament, but. That's one of my main points now, based on I've only got one game to base it on. But if they can't win a shootout, if it does if it takes eighteen rounds, then I don't know about the firepower they got. The
0: goaltenders stop thirty-five of thirty six. <laughs> poor uh poor Cooper
1: Black. All right. He makes seventeen straight saves. <laughs> and yep, you still there's... come out on the wrong side of the, the shootout
0: result. <laughs> Can you imagine? So the shots on goal ended up 26-26. <laughs> yeah. 25 saves are made, and then you had to save another 18 in a shootout <laughs> to get the win. Uh Anyway. So I'm yeah. happy that uh, we were able to come full circle, and I don't have to issue a correction next week. That is that is good. So,
1: but you know, I, I I see a tough non-conference schedule that could work in their favor because it could mean some pairwise boosting if they're able to win these games, some of them at least. But you know, you got the bean pot, which this year seems to be difficult because BC and BU are both looking to be pretty decent. Um, say nothing about Northeastern as well; probably should be all right too. Then also other non-conference games against UMass and BC, another just home game against BC for both of those. And then they're going down to the uh, desert to play the uh, Arizona holiday tournament, uh, playing either Arizona state or uh, was it Lowell and Omaha are also down there. And so of their non-conference, they have some either opportunities to gain some pairwise positioning or just playing some difficult teams. And that might, you know, crimp the kind of amount of wins that they can get. When we're talking about like the youth of uh, Wisconsin, I think it's one of those things where I've had to rethink the old adage of, you know, experience wins over youth and these sort of traditional. uh, uh, It's we should get that on a soundboard, the tradition. (laughs) <laughs> uh, because by the way, I did wa- I did finally Ooh. watch uh, *Fiddler on the Roof*. Ooh. By the way, I've wanted to mention this. It's like a month ago now. I've, I've seen Ooh, it.
0: Wow! Okay. But um,
1: I, I did not expect tradition to be like the <laughs> literal first words spoken in <laughs> the film. I did not yep. think that was the opening number.
0: It was, and yeah. it,
1: it. It they repeated it like a couple of times. Like that was like the most important musical cue it yeah. was the motif of the film mm-hmm. and so i enjoyed the film it was a little long but it's, i still well, enjoyed yeah. it for <laughs> that's fair i thought it was well made and i thought the acting was pretty good and there were some good numbers um i i, I think i would agree with you though that it did the the second half t- gets a little it, like they front-loaded the good stuff in yeah. for in the first half I'll, I mean I'll you got tradition,
0: go you got matchmaker, and if I were rich man, like one, two, three, like right off the hop. And it's like I mean, yeah, there's front loading and then there's front loading like fiddler on the roof. I mean I mean you've really got your 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 top three right there, one, two, three. So right. yeah, debate the order if you want. But I think matchmaker might be my
1: favorite, actually. You really? you thought that rich man was gonna be um but Rich If I were
0: Rich Man's mind.
1: I think it. I think Matchmaker is because it it circled the square of I finally got the reference. I think I think I knew it was from yeah. Filler on the Roof, but the when they play it in Mrs. Doubtfire when they where they're like <laughs> going through the potential costumes and they dress her up as like an old Jewish woman
0: and they do the Matchmaker Matchmaker. Yeah, it's 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 good.
1: I I enjoyed that part of it.
0: Anyway, well, I thought um I thought like Zero Mostel. I thought like how he did Rich Band and. Like so much emotion in it. I I like I uh like that that's why it's up there for me. Topol, you mean?
1: Kaim Topol is the actor who plays um Tevia.
0: Oh, that's right. Uh, did Mastel
1: maybe maybe he played him on stage? Yeah, he did the Broadway
0: version. I'm sorry. But it's yes. it's
1: an understandable mistake. I thought Topol was good. I didn't realize he was in I because I also recently saw uh Diamonds are forever which was one of the, the Bond movies in that mm-hmm. early seventies age. I'm not I don't think I'd seen it before, but it reminded me when I was doing the Fiddler on the Roof that Topol played. He wasn't, a, he was like a, he wasn't a henchman. He was like a helper of Bond in for your eyes only. And I'm like, ah, I forgot that, but he's good in that too. But those are probably the only two movies I've seen Topol uh, in, but he's, yeah, he's good. He's a weird oh, yeah. guy to lead a film, but he, he, he made it work throughout the movie thought i'm plenty plenty o'toole <laughs> <No, I can't. laughs> it's an <laughs> underrated bond one uh, for your eyes only but no, i don't but
0: know what diamonds. you thought of Diamond diamonds are, are forever. forever is plenty o'toole
1: okay i thought that um, i mean it wasn't my favorite the the stunt where they they take the car kind of on its side is one of the all-time best stunts i think they've had but That was like the best part of of that film. It wasn't my favorite. I did recently rewatch Live and Let Die. I think we've mentioned that. I would have probably would have said that was one of my favorites uh, of the Bonds.
0: It's good. It's definitely the best Bond theme song, I'd say. It's definitely of its time, first off, if we're talking about Live and Let Die. I didn't
1: realize it was the first Roger Moore.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I I like Roger Moore. I, I realize he's kind of a you love them or you hate them. But I I didn't, I didn't, I kind of forgot how funny it is. I think that more is capable of comedy in in a way that sort of, I underappreciated, at least in this watching
0: more. I mean, and that's what more kind of lost me when you got to like octopussy and whatnot is because it swung. Like he ended it literally as a clown, like, like swung (laughs) too far that way. And that's the thing with bond. There's always a pendulum because You go from the clownish aspect, and then you get to the gritty Timothy Dalton ones, which were underappreciated at the time, and now people love the Daniel Craig. They've gone back to revisit Timothy Dalton. They appreciate that more, but at the time, it was too rough. I mean, um, uh, License to Kill was dealing with cocaine trafficking and all of that, and then so they swing it the other way, and then we go with Pierce Brosnan for a little bit. That got too cartoony when it ended with... um, um. oh my gosh People die another day die another day yeah so then it swung back anyway that's just what purpose that's that,
1: for, that's kind of what made Free your unique, eyes only unique is because I think I heard someone make this argument before where it's like arguably the only bond film where bond is not the main character because it's all about the I can't remember what the woman's name is It's there's like two bond girls in that one mm-hmm. but it's like She's trying to get revenge for like someone killing her family. And so it's like bond is sort of like taking on the mission for her behalf, but it's kind of like her mission more so than bonds. And I think it's an interesting dynamic that we don't generally see in, in bond films, which made that one, I thought unique, but living like the one with the figure skater, right? Yep. Lynn Holly Johnson. Yep. That was the hockey uh, stuff. It would have been right. Right. I think they were trying to capitalize on the miracle on ice. Cause it was right around that time. Mm So, uh, and I think she was in ice castles, which was a few years before that, another figure skating film. So uh, yeah, that was, they were capitalizing on a moment there,
0: but sure enough, but yeah. yeah, Uh, Like like number one, number one, always for me with Roger Moore films, um, is the spy who loved me. I think that's probably generally considered his
1: best. And then I think in the same pantheon, I think the general consensus is that Moonraker is the worst Bond film. Yeah. That he's in that as well. Yeah, Which I think was right out. I think that was a follow-up to it. I don't think
0: it's the worst. I don't know. I I guess people have their own opinions, especially about like Dying Another Day and whatnot. I, I do think it's the worst of the Roger Moore films. Octopussy does not have a very good... Uh, I legacy don't, either although i like i, I liked,
1: like to see I, the thing is i i remember liking octopussy but i was like 15 when i saw it last and same was like live and let die i realized i probably hadn't seen that in at least 20 years mm-hmm. i still enjoyed it but it maybe wasn't as good as i remember but i still i think it's the best bond theme song
0: i think that can be do you agree with that no what do you think is the best I again i would say nobody does it better carly simon which is the spy who loved me okay so i mine. i'm still far, i'm still make, partial I mean, to me but i mean it's yeah that i mean it's wonderful it, it i would say it's top five um bar none i mean goldfinger is classic it is a classic um, actually for your eyes only with sheena easton's good um, mm-hmm. for what it is yeah. uh um i think underrated uh golden eye tina turner View and, to a Kill even, by um, Duran Duran. Duran. Decent. Duran. There are some good ones. The Living Daylights by AHA. When people say that AHA was a one-hit wonder, <laughs> I say no, because the Living Daylights rocks. Which
1: one was the one where they have the... Um... <sighs>
0: the Living Daylights.
1: Is that the... Oh, man. It's either We're that one... Now. Or... Which is the one... that Living Daylights is the first Dalton one, right? Correct. Which that's again, the one underrated that's but, the one that uh, i have the the cello I mean, case uh yeah, skiing
0: yeah. going down the mountain mentioned that mm-hmm. before yeah it's good it's quality. <laughs> as i talk about how that's so gritty and so realistic and they're just going <laughs> down <to> the customs <laughs> on a cello case god i, I love how cheesy bond is
1: <laughs> oh god i well
0: but we i'm mean, talking about adele Harvard was i was gonna say
1: too like i thought that you might go more modern on that but anyway let's get back to the show uh so anyway, the infamous fish story. Uh, All right. Harvard's young, and that's the traditional take, is that young teams don't go far in college hockey. I'll give you the top 10, top 12 youngest teams in college hockey right now for this year. BC, Harvard, Denver, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Boston University, Cornell, Notre Dame, Providence, Minnesota, and Michigan. Some decent teams in there. So maybe it's inverted. Maybe the way to win is go young. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm going to go against that trend. Transfer portals. Right. I'm still going to go against that trend and not pick Harvard for ECAC. So I've just got Quinnipiac and Cornell. And I'll say too, Quinnipiac, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Correct. That's that's not, I mean, they, they were the national champions last year, but. It sounds like Colin Graf, who was their leading scorer last year, has is hurt, and it could be a a significant injury. They have no Jan of Parrots in net. Now they have a track record of being able to produce quality goalies there on a a consistent basis. So I'm confident that they'll be able to figure something out in net that's going to give them a a good chance to at least make the tournament. But I still had to think about them a little bit um, because they Mm -hmm. haven't looked dazzling so far. But I still think that they. They have what it takes to to make it to the tournament again, at least. Um, but, and, and I like, you know, Cornell, it's not like I like them necessarily, but they're just a team that has a good recipe um, and is always a tough out. And uh, I, I like their goalie they have as well. So I, I do think that they they have what it takes as well out of that league. But I'm just going two with ECAC, but Harvard was my, one of the teams that was right on the bubble
0: for me too. Sure thing uh hockey east i've got i've got five teams from hockey east making it um and it is my highest number of teams um and or f- from a conference at least and um i actually have kind of maybe a little bit of a surprise but winning it i do have the university and no hardware i've got new hampshire really? coming out on winning
1: top. Winning, winning it like winning, winning. The, the conference tournament or?
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah. So. I do not uh, have you I'm, I'm all aboard the, what are they, the Wildcats? You you got it. Yeah, You're right. wild about the cats. Perfect. Um, I got uh, BU, BC. I've got uh, Lowell and Providence are my five.
1: You got what? BC, BU, Lowell, Providence, and UNH? Okay, I've just got four, and even I was between three or four. I feel like I got burned last year in our January preview. I
0: mean, I might have had—I think hockey I might have had
1: five teams in from hockey, East, and they end up getting two.
0: Yeah, nobody expected hockey East to drop off like they did.
1: Because I think last year they were—I think I termed them to be a middle-heavy conference. They didn't really have. a a true standout team yes BU ended up making the Frozen Four um, and they only had like a couple of real dogs like Vermont and New Hampshire really but even New Hampshire I think had a good was it a good half of the year I can't remember which half that was first or the second half but uh, but kind of in the middle gut of that league was all sort of these Providence UMass and Lowell, those those sort of teams, Northeastern, and none of them, UConn, they all sort of kind of one by one, uh, bit the dust. So yes, they're off to a good start this year in non-conference. I think BC is a lock for me at this point. I'm still pretty high on BU, even though they haven't been setting the world on fire. I still think that's a team that's going to gel. I don't think they're going to be the number one overall seed that people were expecting. But I do think that they're getting better. Um, it should be a good series this weekend hosting North Dakota, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think that those two teams I was confident about, I spoiled it last week that I said Providence is going to make it. And they're going to make it as a four seed and they're going to win. Uh, they're going to beat the one seed that they draw in Providence. and People are going to get upset about that. So that's sort of like a side bet for Providence.
0: I almost stopped there. And I really, I really hope it's like North Dakota. <laughs>
1: Right. That would be great. It's probably going to be a Western team. It's going to be sent out there, too. Yeah, um, because it will be the last of the four seeds and Providence mm-hmm. will be the top top four. Because I think it'll
0: be the number one seed will be Wisconsin, Denver, and then North Dakota will be the last of the and then they'll have to play Providence and Providence. All right. And then we'll that's... get those salty, salty North Dakota tears after
1: God. After Providence just inject wins. it. Inject right it into, into my into veins. Those veins. God. So yeah, I had those BCB and Providence. I almost stopped there. I was like I was kind of between maybe putting ECAC, putting Harvard in, for ECAC and and stopping at 3 for Hockey East, but I don't know. I decided and I'm I was even looking looking into this team. I think some of the metrics don't look great um for UMass, but at the same time I think they've played a decent schedule so far. So I'm going to go with UMass as my fourth right. team out of hockey east you know beating michigan albeit also being smoked by michigan in the other game in that series um you know playing bu this weekend to a, a loss and a tie but fairly fairly uh competitive in both of those games i watched a good chunk of that saturday game which i thought was one of the better games that i was able to catch a part of over the weekend um they've got also they they have a very good um draft class, you know, with BC, with them playing BU. I think they mentioned like the total amount of draft picks between the teams is nearing 30. So I know that carvel has been able to maintain a, a good momentum from the recruiting standpoint. They got this really good defenseman, uh, Ufko, who I think is really good. Last year, they sort of, they, they faltered in the second half last year, uh, a number of factors. They I think their goaltender kind of let them down. Um, they're finding some success with this uh, goaltender that they have now. Uh, Michael Rabel, I believe is his name. That's how you pronounce it. But they've been showing some scoring depth. And they're a team that I think has, they, they work in a, like that Michigan game, the one that they won. They were down to nothing in that game, but came back to win six three. Like they, they're a team that feeds on the momentum when they have the momentum. I think they're a scary team to deal with. So I'm not sold on Lowell at all. I think they're, I watched a little bit of their game with UConn this weekend. They're kind of a boring team. They're like the Northeastern women's team comparison in the men's side where they're going to always get good goaltending, but they just can't score really worth a lick. And so I, I was, I'm not terribly high on Lowell and they're again, just not a very compelling team to watch. And like, I also yeah, had to consider they're
0: four and two and their two losses were in clown hockey overtime.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, because they play the defensive style that they do, um, they're going to be in games, but I mean, we're seeing their competition, Anchorage, Colgate, and yeah, UConn. you know, we'll see a little bit more of what the team is made of the next two weekends. They got BC and BU and back-to-back home and homes. So we'll see more about how, what low. I'm going to, I'm going to look like
0: break. a genius or a moron. That's right. That's right. Give it give it. I mean, weeks. I think they're a decent team, but I just I don't
1: quite see tournament quality out of them. Um and UNH and Maine, I both considered them. UNH, keep this in mind. I mean, they, they got a home and home this weekend against Providence, the first game at home. They haven't left home so far this year. They played an exhibition game with Maine to start the year in in Maine, um, at a neutral site, actually, not not Maine's campus site. But all their games this year so far, the six they played so far, uh, five, I'm sorry. The five that have counted have all been at home. So just watched the team when they play outside of their home environs. I'm still not quite sold on them. Yep. Um,
0: I am going out on a limb with them, but I do feel like uh, New Hampshire is like this year's Miramac. They very well could be. I
1: thought Maine might fit that bill as well. Um, but again, I'm just I'm not quite seeing like yeah beat beating Quinnipiac uh in overtime albeit but beating them as a decent result um but you know before that it was just a sweep of RPI I'm not going to be terribly swayed by that again that's another team where look at the upcoming schedule I think you mentioned this last week Miramec BC BU all coming up back to back to back we'll find out a lot more of these about what this team is that's why maybe Doing this next year, second week in November <laughs> might be a little bit, we'd, we'd be a little bit more enlightened. We'll talk to,
0: the yeah, like, teams. come on, Brett. Let's, uh, let's get the not, let's get the bye week at a, at a better week for this show. Right.
1: But it still
0: makes for interesting
1: conversation. So that's what I got for Hockey East. I think it's, a, it's the, like it was last year, I think it is the most variable league. Like I could see it like three to five teams wouldn't surprise me, uh, either, mm-hmm. either way or, you know, four teams like I have. And so it's a team, it's a league that, yeah, looks good now. Um, but when they sort of get into the heart of the conference schedule and beat each other up, uh, have they done enough in uh, in non-conference against the quality uh, competition to get close to half the teams in the league? I'm not quite sure sold enough. on them yet because of the recent track record, but this year certainly does seem... Uh, better than hockey East has been in in several years. So, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that development. How about we move to the west now? Uh, we'll we'll end with the NCHC. So, how about the Big Ten? Um,
0: Big Big Ten. I got three teams. Um, as do I. All right. Uh, I've got Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan. Same here. All right. Did you I've have been? Did... Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, everybody else, I feel like, has been a little bit underwhelming. Um, when when it Who comes would be, like, your
1: fourth team? Who would be your first team out of the closest uh, non-qualifying contender? For me, it's Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah.
0: Because um, I don't think Ohio State is – I don't think they've got the firepower of, like, the women's team has, for instance. Mm, no. Um, Notre Dame, I don't think is very good Penn State, I'm not Penn State's going to be last, I think Yeah So, it's. I know they're Kind of gussied up with some of their Non-conference records and everything Along those lines, but um, You're watching The Minnesota-Wisconsin game I mean, those are two just high-power teams going at it Michigan, I think is I, They can score a lot So I think they're going to be able to kind of out, out running gun a lot of teams. I don't really foresee them making a lot of noise in the tournament once it gets there. But, um, I think just there's that clear tier with those three big 10 teams versus everybody else, Michigan state. Yeah. Maybe you can put up there, but I would have
1: been higher on them had they done a little bit better this weekend at BC, but Mm -hmm. getting swept and, the second game, they're only putting up yep. one goal. That was the first time this year that they've not put up, I think four goals in a game. Um, but you look at the competition again, that they played to begin the season, not exactly world beaters. I mean, you got, you got Lake state in the tournament. So I guess those are decent, <laughs> decent <laughs> wins. For, those are decent perspective. wins. Perspective, yeah. But losing, you know, splitting against air force and then sweep. Lake state will come coaches. around.
0: You just watch.
1: They, they very well might. Um, so, I mean, These aren't world beaters that they've beaten, but, you know, talking about Miami coming into St. Cloud this weekend, do you think that Bergeron's looking at Red Savage's team leading 11 points and being like, why couldn't you do that at Miami? Because (laughs) I don't think he cracked 15 points in the three years, I think he was there, two or three years. He was with the World Junior. He played on the U-20s last two years, had Mm -hmm. so much hype. But seemingly was never able to click uh, in in Oxford. Perhaps the uh, the younger league, with the Big Ten, is just a better fit for him. Or maybe playing Lake Superior State, uh, Air Force, and Canisius, Um, maybe that jives with them a little bit better than playing Miami schedule. So, yeah, they they still are a team. I uh, it looks like their goaltending is a little suspect as well. Uh, but that goaltender they have, the freshman uh, Augustine, he was the U twenty goaltender last year. The, the The coach there, I think that this is a team that maybe next year I'm going to pick to be a tournament team because this Nightingale, since he's been there, I mean, formerly the coach of the uh, world junior team um, or the national team development program. Uh, So he's got good, good ties to that program, and he's been able to finagle quite a lot of good high end prospects uh, coming out of that program. So I expect Michigan State to be, uh, you know, very good. Yeah, uh, in the very near future. That might even happen so, this year, but so right now two, I've just got them right two years, on the on uh, ch- national show.
0: championship game. Two years, uh, Harvard versus Michigan state. Colorado. There we go. Right there we so, go. All right. NCHC. So how many teams do you have left then? Cause well, I'm thinking you, you've got to have five teams from the NCHC. No, you've got an independent. That's right. I'm surprised right. they were able to be so quick with that, but I forgot. I don't uh, know. I'm actually a little embarrassed that it took me that long. All right, let's go independent then. I don't have anyone independent. I've got three places left, so. And, and I. And I'm not going to waste it on Stonehill.
1: I wavered. Uh, because I mentioned last week about Arizona State's schedule. Uh, so home heavy. Is that going to. Is that going to be the Because I don't think it's a very difficult schedule, but they play mm-hmm. so many games, uh, 38 games total. Um, four over the maximum because they're taking advantage of the Alaska exemption twice. Uh, and section, especially the second half of the schedule, uh, is not difficult. I mean, you're playing the Alaska teams, you're playing, you got Stonehill this weekend. Um, but then you got
0: Augustana, who knows what they're going to be like, I suppose.
1: Um, but I mean, you got Long Island a couple of times, um, you got Lindenwood, uh, the teams that you're the, the the difficult, I mean, and they only were, they lost in overtime and tied against Miami. That's, those aren't great results. They're not terrible either. They got some pairwise points out of both of those games. But you got Denver coming up. You got Providence coming up, both at home. You got that holiday tournament that they play. Um, and that might be, be really make
0: or break is going to be like the Denver series, the Providence series. And you can argue wherever Colorado College is going to be as well.
1: They can get at Cornell. They, they play them um, at home. They could play them a third time because they play a they play a holiday tournament in Lake Placid, and then the week after they host their own holiday tournament. Cornell's in that Lake Placid tournament. So they could play Cornell three times uh, flukily But um, you know, if they could split like just get one game like one win out of Denver mm-hmm. and like one win out of Providence, that might be enough because I think they're gonna I think they're gonna win twenty games based on their schedule it's just is that is the quality and is the home road split going to be enough for them to get into the tournament i think it will um they were able to to make it to the tournament two years um the second time obviously there was no tournament because that's when covid killed it but um 2019 and 2020 they did enough to qualify for the tournament based on a non-conference schedule and this this year it's even more home heavy because now they're in a place that Teams actually want to play in, so and off to a, a good start as far as beating Merrimack and Northern Michigan, who I, I think are decent teams. So I don't know. It's just it's not a it's not a grueling schedule in terms of quality, but I think that they're going to be able to rack up a volume of wins that is going to be difficult to knock them off. I think um, I wasn't blown away by this the this past weekend in Miami, and I, I almost did leave them off. But ultimately I went with the Sun Devils to make it as an independent. And you did so you did not have Arizona nope. State. You did not have any of the Alaska teams. Uh you're not, not. you're not s- sniffing any bid from the uh independent uh, group of teams this year. Nope. You're not um, you're not going with, with Augustana
0: my... either. Nope. Okay. Um I I do agree though, uh, that I think the closest will be Arizona State. So I th- I think, but I I can see them more in the low twenty range when it's all said and done. I I think, yeah, it's an easy, er, end of the season for them. One hiccup can do a lot of damage to one of those teams, or one weekend hiccup or an injury to a significant player. I think there's just it. It just makes it a little bit too fragile, you know. Somewhere where like hockey e schedule, E C A C or uh nchc schedule like you have a little bit of leeway when it comes to that that's why like st cloud isn't dead in the water by any means um but it's just um i just think if you have some kind of fluke game where you do drop something down to um lindenwood or augustana it can do so much more damage so i think they're just gonna be just out all right, so I guess that leaves NCHC. NCHC. I've got three teams. So you're
1: really thinking that the Hockey East that's they're going to put the most teams in this year with five. Isn't
0: that weird. Yeah, I didn't th- like when I started. There was like, there's no way that I would think that. But sure, I've enough, got that-
1: four with NCHC, and I was close to doing three. Like again, my sort of got Michigan State right on the fringe. I, I seriously considered them. I seriously considered Harvard. I mean, I considered other Hockey East teams and I didn't, I wasn't sold on, I mean, for for me, Denver and UND look pretty strong. Um, And so those are my two that I'm kind of putting in there with a pen rather than a pencil. Yep. The other two I've got are Western Michigan and Duluth. Duluth was like the one where I'm like, "Mm," because they really haven't had like, Truly impressive win so far, you know, beating Northern Michigan, who might be decent. I don't think Bemidji's all that great, but these aren't terrible teams either. And tying Michigan Tech, and then obviously we mentioned them getting swept at Cornell. And they they have a, a they have a difficult rest of their non conference because they've got the Gophers coming up, and then they play a holiday tournament against Wisconsin. They might face Northeastern in the other game there as well. So they've got some opportunities to pick up some slack in the remaining non-conference. Plus the, obviously the rest of the NCHC schedule gives them opportunities to, to make some hay pairwise uh, in the pairwise. So, and with Western Michigan, same thing. Like that's the thing about the NCHC. They're off to a very good start in terms of um, inter-conference record because they've racked up a lot of wins. It's just, I, I haven't, been blown away by the quality of the wins necessarily which means I'm not exactly sure how good Western Michigan is for instance 4 and 0 put up a lot of goals but who have they, play? they played? they played Ferris State Bowling Green you know I'm I'm not and they're going to be playing Lindenwood four times coming up in non-conference like I I don't really see the high quality play competition in their non-conference to really stake out a claim that they're going to be a great team. I just I have faith in Firstweiler and it's it looks like he's already found a new top line to sort of lead the offense. Yeah. And Rowe seems to be playing about as well as he did last year. I don't think he's a great goalie. Um I don't think he's bad though either. So, I I don't know. I just have faith in in the coaching staff there to be able to to get it done. And So but those were two teams like I I seriously considered SCSU with this last weekend with the Huskies not playing. I was even talking to a friend, though. It's like with all these kind of weird, I mean, Denver, let's just mention, I mean, that I thought Matt Davis did not look stellar against Augustana. Uh, And that might be a potential talking point as the season progresses. So I even think that Denver has some some warts. I don't think they're a perfect team. That's the thing about this year so far. I don't think there is like a true dominant team. We're not going to see Correct. lopsided win totals like we saw with Minnesota and Quinnipiac coming in the title game last year with like four or five losses on the year or something like that. I don't think we're going to have anything like that. You are going to have number one seeds in the tournament have ten plus losses, at least one or two. I think. Which you can argue whether or not that's good for the game. I think it is because I think parity is is good and it, it keeps the interest uh in in a lot of places active throughout a bulk of the year so i'm not complaining about it it's just it 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 throws the opportunity open for a team like st cloud They're off to a bad start but yeah conference play hasn't started yet and they may have played their very worst hockey of the year in october and the rest of the way is going to be a definite improvement since then so i d- i even consider them but ultimately I'm gonna go with Western and, and Duluth as sort of my two kind of fringy three, four seed kind of territory teams along with uh Denver and, and North Dakota. And it sounds like you are agreeing with Denver, North Dakota, but who's your third yep. team?
0: Um I do follow uh a blogger for uh DU, Let's Go DU, and he kind of made a good point is like I'd rather be complaining about hockey in October than complaining about it in March. So, I mean, it's uh it's a good time to get some of this uh, you know, kinda crud off the gears before you really start to have everything in place. Um, I do want to give credit where credit's due with North Dakota, um, where as uh, they have surprised me this year. Um now I still am not really sold on Pearson and I know I've been uh in the in the minority when it comes to that, uh, but Overall, some of the transfers that they did pick up I think are, are really clicking together a little bit sooner than I thought they would. They certainly um, look better defensively and from a goaltending standpoint than they did last year. They did last year, which last year was abysmal. And like I said, it was probably a good thing that they had to retool that whole defensive core because uh, it wasn't that good. Um, But, I mean, they were able, really able to handle uh, Minnesota State there on, on that Friday game. Um, really right off the hop, um, or in the first period, you know, getting out to that four, nothing lead. never looking back Uh, a little bit tighter there in that, um, in in that second game. And even, you know, it took that, uh, the transfer from, uh, Lindenwood slash American international, um, you know, Hunter, uh, Jonas, Johannes, Johannes, um, to, to them to squeak out with a with a tie there in that game. So who's your third team? What's I don't know. You were laughing. I thought you were going to add on something there. No. Oh. Maybe I. Yeah. Right. If I did, I forgot. i right. I'm I'm more Sounds curious as to who your third team is. My third season. team. Well, um,
1: <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be a
0: surprise Chiefs. to you or if it's not going to be a surprise to you of who I'm going to pick. Saint Cloud State. Omaha. I'm going with Omaha. Um, I'm really
1: impressed with that four, nothing lost to Ohio. State I, w-
0: well, first, first off, I will say anytime you lose a player in the first minute and seven seconds of a game, it's going to throw off the rest of the game. All right. Second of who all, who did they lose? I missed that. Oh, I'm sorry. Not, not, they didn't lose. It was um, a 10 minute misconduct. So he's like
1: kicked out for the game.
0: Um, uh, J- Jesse Lansdell. Lansdell nah, is... he's, he's nobody,
1: I've never even heard of him.
0: <laughs> never even heard of him, just <laughs> taking the second shift of the game. Um, <laughs> so, um, but it's, I mean, it, it was, it was that four nothing game, it was penalty filled. I mean, there was no flow to it. Um, but also, they, you know, they, they, they saw what they had with Seth so I mean let your guy and you gotta ride him. Um and I think when it comes to the conference games, they're gonna have Lakosey there in that, um, who I think is a much better goalie. Um and I think he is going to Okay, uh, so I just I, like Omaha I'm, a little bit better.
1: I miss this. So they play their backup in the four nothing game in goalie. Correct. Correct. Why why?
0: I don't know. I, I guess see what they got. <laughs> Cause I thought
1: I watched a little bit of the Friday game. I didn't see any of the Saturday game, but the Friday game, like cozy looked great. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think Ohio state's like a world beer by any means. Um, but they had that right. third period. They had two or three breakaway chances on him. And like cozy kept saving. Uh, I, we mentioned last year, he was the top three for goalie of the year for the NCHC and I, I would have put him ahead of Krona, you two, obviously, um, mm-hmm. in the voting there. And I thought that, yeah, he got, they split time last year with the other Kucharski that they had. I was like, I'm figuring this year he's just going to be the main guy. But yeah, I, I guess you, you'll, and the, the thing about their non-conference is they play such a cake non-conference except for this series against Ohio State, which again, I don't even think Ohio State's all that great, but. You know the rest of their non-conferences. They already played Niagara, but they got Long Island coming up. They got Augustana coming up, and then they got that tournament, near Arizona State, tournament that in Arizona State that might be decent. But and who knows if Augustana is going to give them a give them some fits. But yeah. this was kind of their big weekend to at least you know a Big Ten team like that could bode well for your pairwise to you at least you know win one of these games. They were unable to do that, so. Yeah, but I mean they're they're a decent team. They're they're going to be a competitor, and so I'm not gonna. I would have taken Saint Cloud over Omaha. I'll put it that way, but but it's it's a fair choice.
0: I I was thinking that actually originally, but when I came down to I came down to goalie, and who do I like better in goal, like Cozy or Passy? And as of right now, it's a clear answer for me. And I suppose um,
1: that's the same for. Both Western Michigan and Duluth, as well. Mm-hmm. That's kind of and where you, I don't know what to make them of, ahead of those two teams.
0: And I don't know what to make of Duluth. I uh, like like if if maybe they split last weekend. Uh, it'd be a little bit of a different story. But maybe and then maybe it's just recency bias that I'm down on them after uh, they got waxed over the weekend. Um, but it's so. I mean, they were scoring in droves, and then all of a sudden that just absolutely dried up. Um, and then, um, what, did they have an injury that happened?
1: Well, they had Dominic James. He's gone for the year, but that was prior to that That, was to that series. To that. So, I'm not sure yeah. if they, they had an injury that. I, part of this is similar to me pick, picking them third in the preseason poll um, is a sort of reverse jinx. If I continue that up. <laughs> yeah. I really don't want them to make the tournament, but by me saying that they will, maybe that will jinx them into not making the tournament. But perfect,
0: there we go. So that's uh, that's what I got. Yeah. So I don't know. Esol for Omaha's the goalie got got time that second game, and they you know they've gotten two games apiece that goes clearly better. Esol's from Lake Superior State. Uh, I think it's pronounced easily. Actually, easily, easily, I think is how hey, you pronounce it, because I remember dumb.
1: them watching some watching some Lake State games last year. He was their a main purpose? guy. But yeah, well, I had that month of flow sports. I need to make as yeah, much pay story, out of it man. as I could. So, yeah, I that's I don't know when when you're like a hola and show back. I get it, but it seems like <laughs> yeah. there's a significant drop off between my and whoever the number two guy is. But I suppose that's we uh, we we're just Rube fans. Cabinet knows best. So yeah, I think
0: I think Cabinet's yeah, gonna wise it up. I think those glasses are there for a reason to look at the stat sheet oh, and yeah. be like, oh, okay, wait, this guy is better. So I don't think he did that last year. It was a sp- even
1: split. So yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll don't see do that.
0: I mean, keep doing it. Actually, that I don't care. <laughs> but. It's one of uh, I think uh, it's a tradition.
1: Player. young tradition. goalie. You, you can't throw it too much on him. And maybe that's the problem with Bassi. Maybe he would be beneficial of uh, a, a split each weekend. As he seemed to that? play that much better last year when he was splitting. And can we
0: trade? Can we trade Bassey for Lacosi <laughs> Love it. I'm about to trade we trade,
1: <laughs> trade him for Isley. That might that might <laughs> St. Cloud might uh, uh win out on that trade. So
0: let's get so trading that, in that college hockey. True. Let's uh, right. They let's do get, it get world get juniors, or they do that in, uh, in juniors, uh, right? In major juniors, up in Canada, so why not? So, so they do that in the USHL too. I think they do it. Yep, they do USHL. midseason <laughs> trades. I'm right? pretty sure NHL does. I mean, I think all of them do. Yeah, yeah, they do that. So, but um, so just a so, couple extra ones. I mean, I'm I'm gonna pick. I,
1: I don't know if you have any difference here, but last place in pairwise, I'm going Stonehill, and it's not gonna be close. Like, it'll be close because there's another team that's above them that's 63rd and they're going to be 64th. But, like, the (laughs) RPI difference is going to be significant between those two.
0: Are they going to drop them mid-season again? Be like, oh, yeah, we're not going to count these games.
1: (laughs) Well, they're playing a full boat. The
0: Connecticut AD came out and was upset about it? God.
1: It wasn't because they played them either. It was, like, a common opponent thing. Yeah, that that's what screwed over UConn apparently. That I forgot about that. But um I was looking into
0: them like between that and that Lowell Sun Sports guy complaining uh, about how they one. got screwed. It's another classic. But
1: uh, yeah, I just was digging into them like they they led in the game yesterday against Brown, your favorite team. That was their first lead that they had this year.
0: Um, uh they they dropped points, by the way. Or they drop point, um, in in the Estro poll. No more brown. So the, the no more the brown no more RV waxing so. of Stonehill
1: did not uh, bode well for the Ustio voter. He's he's off so. the ship.
0: Yep. Uh, so it's disappointing. Um, I want to thank everybody for this <laughs> season's game of uh, let's follow Brown. Uh, we'll continue next year. Will Brown will have one vote. We'll come um, back
1: next October. Uh, Next October, and we will have the one Brown voter back. Yep, exactly. But yeah, Stonehill, uh, like they, when they played Providence, the shots were 61 to six that Ooh. game. Um, they're playing, say, lost Long Island tonight, Monday, as we're recording this. They're playing the Long Island better, buckle up for that rivalry because they're playing eight times this year, uh, between those teams, and Long Island's won the first two in that big heated rivalry. It's I would, if they weren't like doing things like playing long Island eight times, I might go on a limb and say that (laughs) they might go winless, but I feel like they're going to run into one of these long Island or Lindenwood. They play a fair amount of those games against the uh, independents, So I I figure they're going to at least win one, but it's not looking extremely promising on that front. So Potential to have like maybe the worst team in the modern pairwise era. Uh, uh, We could behold that team here because they do not look close to competent. So I'm not going on on much of a limb there, but I'll put them to be my 64th team. I think is what we're up to now Mm -hmm. in pairwise. Uh, And then I just had a brief Hobie hat trick. Um,
0: Oh, geez. (laughs) Why not deep into this? Go all All in. I got nothing for Hobiatric.
1: Lane Hudson, Massimo Rivo, Maximo Rizzo, okay. and Rutger McGroherty. Chase Brand. <laughs> oh. I, I like that actually better. Let's put Brand in there. I was going to put McGroherty because he's, I believe, still leading the country in scoring again. Uh, the the last weekend they had against uh So no Stuggerud. Snuggers, he's he's a good one. I'm, I'm still going to go with McGroerty because he's, I guess, tied with TJ Hughes for the points lead. Again, they kind of were able to inflate their stats a little bit this last weekend against Lindenwood, scoring 19 goals. But um, I'll pick a Michigan guy is generally a, a good bet to make a Hobie run um, based on their recent track record of racking up offense. So the very early uh, prediction, way too early prediction, will be those three and uh, women. How about Gwen Phillips, uh, Caroline Harvey. And who is the. Christiana. Kalten from Colgate. Oh, Who had a 57, 50 point season the last two years. And she's off to 16 point start in eight games. Colgate's best player. So that's my three for the Patty Caz.
0: Wow. No, nope. so. I got, I got, I got nothing. I'm, I'm going to go. My Patty Caz finalists will be. um, uh, Britta Curl. uh Hola and Jojo Chobac. <laughs> and they're going to find a way to split it between Jojo and Sanya.
1: And it will come down to this weekend. Like how many, yep. Yep, if we exactly. keep Curl scoreless. Scoreless then advantage Ahola slash chillback. just exactly. cut the trophy in half and mm-hmm. give it to Ahola and uh, Choback. How about that? I love it. Love it.
0: They've they've they split all year. Might as well split the patty caz. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, perfect. Uh, you thought that question. we were we weren't gonna. Oh, sorry. I sorry.
1: I thought we were wrapping up, but we got a
0: question. No, we got one one question from Dan Jacobson, who uh did travel um to Cornell. uh Look to watch his bulldogs stutter um uh the uh visited the uh the finger lakes and uh just had a quick question and if uh they were named after jeff finger and uh obviously they were i mean uh duh yeah it was originally um called the the, the lake of the nails um cuz they looked like nails but uh after the uh jeff finger's uh freshman season they were like no we got to change this this is it's just too good so yes jeff finger so um yeah <laughs> just your just your run of the mill normal two and a half hour podcast you
1: thought we weren't gonna break two hours on a podcast this year
0: i didn't but i also didn't think 20 minutes on bond and <laughs> fiddler on the roof was going to be in the cards either Maybe it wasn't 20 minutes, but. Oh, it was probably close to that. But even, but, if, you, I mean, even if they cut that out, it's still two I hours. Keep, two hours. I and the men's team didn't even too. play this last week. So. Yeah. I mean, I can keep going with that too, because, I mean, if you want to, like, because I didn't really care for, I mean, I'll just say it. I didn't care for Diamondstar forever. Um, and really, even, I mean, you, you get past Thunderball, and I'm bored with Connery. And I think connery was connery was getting bored of him yeah he's in a movie called
1: the The offense which is right around the same time period i've seen it in this in this batch of movies that i watched in the early 70s it's this he plays a cop it's a cop drama it's got some dark aspects to it but he's like a subdued slow burn type of performance from him but but pretty impressive and you could tell like he was intentionally trying to get away from bond because this was a performance that much more of a character study. It wasn't stunts. It was like these mm. long kind of drawn. It could have been a play like based on a play based on a lot of it was just dialogue between one other character and a number of you know, like scenes were just long scenes with him and his wife or him with another cop or him with his suspect. And uh, really, I thought an excellent performance from him and yeah, to see him do the Diamonds of Forever, which I like I, I watched it less than a month ago and I really only remember when he's doing this, when they do this stunt on the, the car where it's going on the side and, which is an impressive stunt, but that's really all I remember about. It. And, and it was like, that was the, was that the one or was it, see, they all blend together, but is that the one where they do the Blofeld thing at the very beginning? Or is that live and let die? I, I think it was, I think it was diamonds are forever, Where they do. A, uh, well, they keep coming back to Blofeld, but this one was one of the, it was an extended sort of cold open with him, which I thought was like him trying to, Again, he's being tailed by the franchise Connery, and he's like trying to extinguish it, and so it was sort of a, a final send uh in his in his career as Bond.
0: But still interesting. Well, well, that's because they didn't technically have the rights to Blofeld or Spectre anymore, and, and that's and, that, and, and that's and sort that's of all happened because of the script writing for Thunderball, for Thunderball which then um, spawned was
1: it Never Say Never Again. 10 years yeah. later,
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: like not. Do you consider that an official Bond film? Because I know there's some. I don't that consider it an
0: official. No. It's not an official Bond film. I should watch but that I, again. Because that one was one too where was Thunderball wasn't that good. Why would you want to watch the B version of Thunderball? It sounds but like. But it came out the
1: same movie. year as Octopussy. And yeah, as
0: Octopussy, yep. Yeah. Octopussy. Which one of those do you like better? Why? It would have done better than Box Office. But which one do you like better? I would rather stub my toe. Like, I would just. Because that sounds like five hours of just pain. I Like, both those movies. Just. <laughs> I should Ugh. watch both of them again. Because, again, it's just, been just do it. decades. Go right ahead. Go right ahead and then just find yourself. I think in the early MP.
1: 70s, I think I, if we're doing 71 through 73, I think those are the only two Bond movies in that time period. Diamonds and mm. Live and Let Die. Then the next would be, what, Man with the Golden Gun? Man
0: with the Golden Gun. And
1: then it's Spy Who Loved Me. See, I need to... I've never really gone chronological. Maybe that would be the best way to do it. But um, I, I, I enjoyed watching it again because. Wait a minute, like,
0: Man with the Golden Gun might be second. I think it goes Live and Let Die and then Man with the Golden Gun. That's what I said.
1: Yeah, I okay. know. I know that Live and Let Die because
0: both God. of those were had Sergeant J. W. Peppa's
1: Oh God, that's yes. what I. That's State what I remember toys. when I, That was one of the reasons that I really liked that movie is because of the uh, Clifton James performance. It was like I maybe I'm I, I didn't realize that he's also a man of the golden gun, cuz I was expecting mm-hmm. more Clifton James. So yep. maybe I just got to I'll have to watch that again for the Bumbling Southern Cop.
0: And day, that and which that is had, hilarious. And the man with the golden gun had probably the best car stunt ruined by the worst sound effect <laughs> uh ever. See, I forget I'm yes. sure I, I'm sure. when I watch it, I will
1: remember it. It's similar to when you reminded me of the ending of Live and Let Die when they blow Yafit Koto up uh, oh. like a balloon.
0: <laughs> like a and balloon. I... They, like, <laughs> zoom in so much, and it's just so grainy. And he just pops, and it's just... <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> oh, that's great, that's though. Funny. I like it. I like it a lot. kananga mm, Um... Yeah, it's I mean cuz you got I mean he jumps a river, do, does a barrel roll in a car. It's just the coolest. And they add this stupid slide whistle. To it. I think this just, just, that is just ringing
1: a bell cue, that he said.
0: Cue the Bond theme there. Why are you doing a slide whistle? And then you got mm. Roger Morgan. You ever heard of Evil Carnival? <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to do t- and i even kind of like the man with the golden gun i mean Knickknack, knack i mean it's it's cheesy but i mean then again i mean that's the roger moore era so that's, that's right yeah, it's enjoyable so. they're
1: not the best films but uh nope. you can always you can always at least nope. be in for a good time
0: for team. more bond talk, um, you know, maybe an what you get podcast. A, this yep, is what exactly. you get on an off week. You know, we'll we'll rank all the songs too, because I think I got more hot takes on the songs as well. Let's do that. So uh, that about does it. That um, about does it. solid two and a half plus hours. So thank you if you're actually listening to this. Uh, I'm Weldy. Reach me at more clappers m o a r more clappers Andrew.
1: Uh, at andrew at greenground.com um, follow me on greenground send, send me a postcard uh, and then you can also email me too if greenground's not your thing you can email me at uh, Podcast at gmail.com and reach me there as well
0: oh, until next time go Huskies woo, woo!